What's going on everybody? Drone out here with you. It's a Thursday night, November 30th, 2023. How's everybody doing out there today? Let's get into the starting lineups. Dallas Stars head coach by Peter DeBoer. It sounds like this. Rope Hans, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Suter, Miral Haskinen, Matt Duchesne, Mason Marchman, Tyler Sagan, Asa Lindell, and Yanni Hockenpah. It's why Johnson, Jay Ben, Evgeny Dodonov, with Thomas Harley and Niels Lundqvist, Roddick Foxa, Sam Steele, and Craig Smith will be the fourth line defense with Jake Ottinger in goal. And for the Calgary Flames, head coached by Ryan Huska, they're 9, 10, and 3 on the season. It sounds like this. Elias Lenham, Andrew Majapani, Igor Sharankovich, with Mackenzie Wigger and Rasmus Anderson. It's Nazem Kadri, Connor Zeri, Martin Pospisil, Noah Hannafin, and Chris Tanev. Michael Backlund, Jonathan Uberdell, Blake Coleman, Adam Rosichka, AJ Greer, and Dylan Dubé with Dennis Gilbert, Jordan Osterley, and Jacob Markstrom will be in that today. It's Hockey Fights Cancer Night at the Scotiabank Settle Dome, so it's a touching scene right now as we get everybody out on the ice with their cards and the lights flashing in the air with the phones. It's always a good sight to see on that end. We have a lot to do today. I believe Cooper Hopkins is going to be joining me for this one. And if it is, we will get into the situation with the late-breaking trade alert for Nikita Zadorov on that side. And then also talk about the Patrick Kane signing for the Red Wings and the first intermission. So, here's the deal. For the Dallas Stars, they're 13-5-2 on the season. Again, on the road, they are 8-1-1. That's where they are right now in Calgary. Their last matchup, they were able to get the they were able to get a first victory, Dallas was, in the first meeting of the season. But it's the third meeting of the month. They're coming off a 2-0 victory in a shutout over Winnipeg, but they got smacked up in the last time against Calgary. They lost 7-4. You know from last year, both of these teams love to score goals against each other. It's 1-1 one one in the season series. It was a 4-3 victory for Dallas on November 1st, but then that big smackdown that Calgary laid against them. Calgary is also uh, doing pretty decent. I know what the record says at 9-10-3, but they're playing well of late, 5-2-1 in their last stretch of games, coming off a 2-1 victory, a Mackenzie Wigger game winner over Vegas on that side. So Calgary's played pretty well of late on that end. Dallas is continuing to roll, especially on the road, so we will see what gives again. As we've noticed through this matchup over the last couple of years, especially in the postseason, when you have Jacob Markstrom and Jake Ottinger on both sides, you have good goaltenders, and we should have that, even though we expect a lot of goals to be scored today. Cooper Hopkins is in here, so I know we will talk about the Nikita Zadorov trade, and we'll talk about the Patrick Kane stuff in the first intermission. There's a lot to do, but this is going to be a big game. Again, Calgary coming off a huge win over Vegas. Can they continue this against Dallas? I think this is going to be their third and final meeting of the season. What's going on, my friend? John Ott, I say this every time we start a broadcast. Always a joy to hear your voice, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me alongside. I'm in, I'm in the sidecar. I'm riding with you tonight uh, in a big matchup for these Flames. It's an interesting night. Uh, we have lots and lots to talk about, as you alluded to in your tweet advertising uh, our coverage of this NHL contest. Uh, I won't give anything away. I don't want to kill our our topics for our intermissions. Uh, I know we'll get into details, but roster looks a little different for these Calgary Flames tonight. Yes. Uh, Dallas coming in a, a very solid 13-5-2. Calgary just trying to get to 500 right now and just sitting on the outside of that wild card. You know, we're into the season now. Uh, this is going to be a big matchup, as you just said, and I'm excited to be alongside you. Me too, man. It's been a lot of fun doing these broadcasts. I know it's been a while since we hooked up and did one of these, but honestly, I think you and I can look at it and say, 
Calgary Flames, we know what the record is, is what you just alluded to, but honestly, they've been hanging in tough over the last few games. They have a good stretch over the last five or six. Yeah, you're right. And uh, anytime you beat a team like Vegas, uh, the defending cup champs, and who, who look like they want to go on another run, uh, that's, a big, that's, a, that's a big win. And to go into their barn and do it, and with the pressure of overtime, yeah. uh, and then you have the, the gift of facing one of the top goalies in the league. But... Uh, <laughs> What's interesting here, John, is this is news to me. You might have already touched on this. Looks like Ottinger's going to get a little rest tonight in Wedgwood. Big 41 in the crease for the visiting stars tonight. Wow, I did not touch on that, actually. Scott Wedgwood, is that a break for the Flames? I understand how good Dallas can be, but they're not coming off any sort of back-to-backs, but they're going to give Jake some rest, it looks like. Yes, indeed. So it changes the narrative here a little wow. bit. Look, Wedgwood, no slouch, but nope. uh, you have the obvious starter in uh, in net for the Flames in Markstrom. And uh, Wedgwood, who's got some solid experience, he has a 3.02 goals against so far this season. Uh, but yeah, definitely changes what we're going to be seeing tonight. Maybe the Flames can take advantage. Hey, we know what happened from last year. Didn't you have some heart-in-your-throat moments every time these two teams played against each other? It seemed like the Calgary Flames could score six or seven, but they'd give up six of their own. Yeah, really since that kind of that COVID bubble run, yeah. uh, these, these teams had that heck of a matchup in that series. And they, you know, I wouldn't call them direct rivals, but you're right, John. There's something exciting every time they meet. We're about to drop the puck here. Take it away. So we'll see what happens now. We're at the Scotiabank Saddledome. I got Cooper Hopkins along with me. I couldn't be more excited because this is a matchup we've done a few times. We've also done this in the playoffs as well. So we have the uh, Telus Flames hockey feed on ESPN+. Plus. I got all that stuff renewed, so we are ready to go. Rope Hints trying to get around Noah Hannafin, and this will be picked up by the Flames in their own end. Igor Sharankovich trying to pry it loose as well as Dallas will flip this one back to Jacob Markstrom. It'll be Noah Hannafin, number 55. We'll use this off the glass, trying to find Majapani, but it'll have to spin back in the eye. Hawk and Pop. We'll go ahead and recollect this off the back end. Again, it was news to both of us on that side. Scott Wedgwood is going to tend the crease today. Back pass, Jonathan Huberto, able to get a piece of it. Now Coleman's out there. Again, Huberto spending his time on the third line, but it's been a steady improvement. As Backlund tried to send a pass across, and this one gets blocked. Again, the plus-minus has been going in the right direction and starting to get some points. So you got to find a home wherever you can on the line and continue because, again, as we talk about the contracts, it's important to get production. This goes in between the skate blades a couple times, and Calgary now will pick this up. And across the red line, I'll fire it in. Wedgwood will play with the goal stick as Hockenpah will make a pass. Stick lifted just barely. Calgary able to brush this in off the backhand. Nothing doing really right now early in this first period. A lot of neutral zone play and just fumbling of the puck here, trying to play some defense and get it pried loose. It'll fall back to Wedgwood here. We'll go ahead and center it around for Hockenpah one more time as Evgeny Dodonov. Almost loses it, but he's able to throw it back to D off a stretch pass. It'll be Dennis Gilbert right in off the window in Dallas. They're already near the line change. They'll go ahead and take some as Gilbert momentarily falls down, but he's okay. He's over there by himself. He'll make an outstretch pass from 100 feet. This will be sent down the ice. It'll be iced against the Flames. Yeah, John, you said it well, uh, and we've seen this. I mean, listen, when you cover as much uh, NHL hockey as you do, you know this, and we've done so many games together. Yeah, sometimes you got a feeling out period. It looks like these teams are settling in right now to start. 
That's what we got right now. Again, you have Peter DeBoa and Ryan Huska on that side in between the new bench bosses over the last couple of seasons here. We'll see what their teams continue to do. Again, for the Central and the Dallas Stars, they have to contend with the Colorado Avalanche, who all of a sudden are starting to look like the Avalanche again. No surprise. As a backhand pass for Jason Robertson. We'll go back around the end boards now. Dylan Dubé, take a couple chops at Dallas. We'll find an entry, see who gets the first shot on goal. Not Dallas, they go off sides. Yeah, just a familiar narrative here that might crop up for us with the Flames. You know, just a couple shots now, nothing dangerous for the Stars, but no shots uh, for the Flames. I'm sure they'd love to get a clean entry and just put together a little offense to get themselves warmed up on that end. Yes, they would. And I'm looking at some of the numbers here for Dallas Cooper on this side. Joe Pavelski still leads the team. He's got 10 goals, 10 assists, 20 points. No surprise? Yeah, no, no surprise to me. I mean, I think that you're going to see Robertson warm up. There's just too much talent there. But, uh, you know, the Stars team, a little Kraken-esque, at least from last year. Yeah. Kraken, of course, struggling a bit to start. Uh, they look to uh, score from uh, all their lines and get contributions from everywhere. i got to tell you, as we get back underneath the action here, I know goalies need a day off, but I am very surprised to see Jake Ottinger chewing on that gum. Wedgwood, we'll see how much kind of work he gets. Is Roddick Foxer. We'll flip this back to the defensive side. A little bit too far for Craig Smith, the former Predator, as this will be touched by the goal stick of Jacob Markstrom. Make the pass back from Chris Tanner to Noah Hannafin as this is sent back down the ice again. Again, Calgary coming off a 2-1 overtime win over the Golden Knights on Monday. Mackenzie Weger pretty much got a buzzer beater, and that was an absolutely electric goal racing down the right wing. And across the Flaming Sea, it's Smith. I thought he was going to like the shoot. It's going to leave for Miro Haskin, and this gets blocked, and it on front of Markstrom, and he's got a fall on it. Finally gets to touch the puck. Wow, John, that's an interesting play right there. Just a, a fluttering puck goes off of a, a thigh right there, falls right near the blue paint. Markstrom has to track that thing as it bounces around, just pinballing, and uh, could have easily gone in. Looks like he made a right toe save as well before covering up with the trapper. It's a good job by Calgary, nonetheless. Sam Steele was right on the doorstep, and Weger and Anderson kind of boxed him in to make sure he couldn't get any rebounds. Yeah, absolutely here, and uh, we'll see if the Flames can turn things around, try to tilt the ice in their favor. Still not much offense to speak of. Long outstretch pass. It's a good bounce for Coleman, and the captain see Michael Backlund will flip this around. Good interception there by the Dallas defense as they'll try to push us out of their own end with a long flip. Able to stay on sides was Mason Marchment somehow. And this will be in the defensive end of the Calgary Flames as a look to push right to left now. And Jonathan Huberto. Listen on the left wing side. There's a back pass for cutting on the other side for Coleman. And that's a little bit too far. Unless we picked up here for Hannafin. We'll go ahead and recollect in his own end alongside Christopher Tanev. Again, Tanev is back. Again, he took a puck to the face a few games ago. He's been an absolute warrior blocking shots. Again, if you're already losing Zadorov and you lost Tanev, I think that that would be a pretty much a disaster for the Flames. It's two on two the other way. Majapani, good work. Try to protect with the body centered out in front, and this one will get cleaned up by Dallas. Played in off the skate blades as it's Jamie Benn. Full spin. Dallas captaincy has it now. Yanni Hockenpah will spin this back around the end boards. Being an opportunity as Sharon Kovic gets stick lifted. About 15.45 left to go in this quiet first period. I think that's saying it nicely here. Four shots on goal to nothing in favor of Dallas, but again, just one really dangerous chance. Joe Pop got it now, and they'll send this one across for Hawk and Pop. Play this in off the backhand, and Calgary able to get this out of their own end with A.J. Greer. 
and this will get across the flaming sea. It'll be bounced off a couple bodies. And now Lindell, that's the Lindell, will play a stretch pass. This is picked off. Calgary's got something wide open. Coleman, and that's a five-hole save by Wedgwood. First shot of the game there for the Flames. It was a good one. Here come Dallas off the rush. Robertson, half-spin, set up. It's off the top of the bar and in, and that was as quick as it could be. Wow, John, that's a quick turnaround right there. Boy, the irony, the Flames really get their first clean offensive chance uh, and a nice right pad save by Wedgwood, kicks it right out, out to his own team. They go the other way. Bing, bang, boom, Pavelski with the apple, and that is a goal clean shot, top shelf. It is one nothing. Dallas in the lead, 15.09 on the clock. Boy, Flames, just the one shot in five minutes. That's a... Sick backhanded setup there for Joe Pavelski. And if you had Thomas Harley on your bingo card, go ahead and give yourself a golf clap because a third line defenseman, you wouldn't expect them to get wide open in the middle of the slot for a shot. But as it is, it's 1 nothing Dallas. And this will be picked up by the Calgary defense. And they'll look to start again. This goes a little bit too far off the skate of A.J. Greer. Bounced off a couple bodies of the Flaming Scene, Adam Rosichka and Dylan Dubin. Set of let down. So fourth line. Forwards, third line defense out there right now. Adam Rzichka, a little bit too long off the outstretched stick. Hawk and Pa lost it. As it's 14.35, left to go on the first round here alongside Cooper Hopkins between play-by-play and color, but we can definitely switch off. It's a 5-1 shot advantage for Dallas. They've just scored with a Harley chance. Shooting the middle for Sam Steele. Rebound opportunity blocked by Calgary. See if they can push the other way. A little one-on-one. -on -one. Connor Zeri, what's he going to do here? Tries to go between his legs! He tried to make a play five-hole, and Wedgwood had to make a save. Like to see the skating there from Zeri as this is picked up and sent down the ice. What would you think about that one, Cooper? Well, well, if I don't have uh, flashes of Johnny Gaudreau in my mind, my friend, I've seen a couple of former Flames make that move before. We've seen Matthew Kachuk do that here in the Saddle Dome, and old number 13, he scored several that way. I like Connor with the confidence. Mm -hmm. Just a second shot for the Flames, but that was a pretty one, and maybe it'll bring this home crowd back into this contest. That was kind of a windmill move, and then he worked his way to the right side post, but Wedgwood closed the five-hole, but as Cooper said, I love the confidence, too, be able to make that on a one-on-one. -on -one. That's going to give you some more ice time. And Majapani, did he hit the top of the left crossbar off a tip? As this is sent around now, Flames have it. Tanev Lindholm with the rocket. This one gets saved by the stick of Wedgwood. The flip back down, Majapani trying to locate it. Esselindel will go ahead and pick it up off the back end. Play to the stick. And this will be blown dead with a high stick. 1344. Yeah, you might have said it, John, as we hit our first media timeout here. Going to get some commercials so we can chat. But uh, boy, Majapani in the high slot got a nice angled pass that came right through untouched on the ice to the blade of his stick. Flicks that thing up into the air and bing, off the crossbar it goes. Just about two inches high from tying this game at one apiece. But uh, you were right. I love the way you said it. If you had. Joel, excuse me, not Joel Hanley, but Thomas Harley. We yes. got Hanley and Harley. Those D-men for the Stars. It's Harley, big 5-5. Five, five. Man, he looked like a sniper on that one. That's why we're sitting at one nothing Dallas. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. Let me make sure I go ahead and give you some shout-outs on this side because, again, I know if you had Prime Video, you'd probably be following along with this, but you were nice enough to join me here. Dallas Cowboys hold on to a field goal lead at 17-14 with the ball against the Seahawks. It's 8-24 in the second, so we'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, no, thanks for the shout-out. I will admit I was uh, I was keeping an eye on that game before I switched over to uh, 
to my beloved Flames in this broadcast with you. And yeah, you know what? Uh, normally, Jason Myers, kicker for the Seahawks, pretty reliable, but he missed one wide right. Otherwise, this game, excuse me, that game would be tied. And like I said, Manjapani was close to uh, tying the one that we are covering here, John. And then there's so much football, so much going on in my I world. know. The Pac-12 championship between number three, Washington, my alma mater, and the number five, Oregon Ducks. Uh, lots to talk about, so we can jump it back and forth between sports. But you know what? I want to ask you just selfishly. And I see your coverage, and uh, I follow along like a true fan. But tell me a little bit about, uh, about how things are going for you. With those Waterford Sharks, it sounds like your role there is expanding and they're keeping you busy. Yeah, they're keeping me busy with a few press releases here. I've kind of become a spokesperson for the team, but they still allow me to tell the game like it is during the play-by-play, -play, just like the broadcast with you, so I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, man, I just want to give you a shout-out there. I mean, we can also talk about the coverage you have coming up. Uh, I'm really proud of you and uh, keep, keeping the work, uh, the, the, the flow. It's just you're in the flow. Why stop it? Just, just keep that river running. That's what I'm trying to do throughout the week, to use assignments to keep ourselves sharp and have fun and then continue going along. So let's continue through this first period, and we'll continue to also talk about some of the other sports that are going on because Cooper's got a lot on his plate as well. I want to get into that uh, Pac-12 championship game as this is bounced up into the area on a hock and pot near the right side boards. And this will be an opportunity now. Suter gets it knocked away from him. Calgary did have a little bit of an answer there as at the top of the right crossbar off a deflection. They will get an icing here against Dallas. Yeah, no, John, I know we've, we've touched on that a couple of times, and it's, it's worth not, not just mentioning, you know, how that unfolded, an unfortunate miss for Manjapani by an inch or two, but you know what, it's just, it is unfortunate also broadly that it just took the Flames getting scored against to kind of wake them up. They seem right. to be in the game a bit more, but they're down here. Yeah, and again, for a team like Dallas, I don't care if Scott Wedgwood's in the net or not, Cooper said it best. I mean, he's no slouch on that side. And with Dallas, what they can do with the elite defensive pieces, Merrill Haskinen and some of the forwards there, you can't put yourself behind the eight ball too much. What can Connor Zeri do again? That's what I want to know as Nazan Kadri. We'll get this off the backhand. Jimmy Benn, here's a nice fluttering pass. Wyatt Johnston near the right side. He'll just try to look for a deflection opportunity. That was a pretty good play there from the youngster, now 20 years old, Wyatt Johnston, as Dennis Gilbert down the left wing side. He's going to get his space and take the five-hole chance. It'll be saved there by Wedgwood, picked up now off the blocker, and it's Kadri trying to keep it alive off the backhand and send it in deep. Martin Pospisil will try to deliver a hit. And this will go the other way for Ben. Here's an outstretch pass. That was a good design there. He almost sprung Evgeny Dodonov. But Jacob Markstrom will settle it back down with Dennis Gilbert. So now with Dennis Gilbert on the third line side, maybe getting some more extended ice time. We'll see how that continues for the Flames. Is Majapani now racing down the left wing, holding off the forehand, still with it. Try to chip it ahead. Flames set it off front and they score! Chris Tanev! <laughs> John, and it's Tanev taking up the role that his former teammate Nikita Zadorov normally would take. The man who loved to moonlight as a forward, Chris Tanev pitching in from the blue line, picks up that puck that was left for him, throws it in front, that goes off a skate, and in under Wedgwood, and you know what? Tons of credit to number 88, the man for the Flames. Manjapani starts that entire play by keeping his feet moving, driving the left wing, 
cutting around the cage and getting Tanev involved. That was beautiful. Beautifully said. That's exactly where I was going to go with it on that. It doesn't start there unless you get Majapani around the net, keeping the puck alive, making something happen. Yes, you get a bounce off a skate. That's the way it works, though. Calgary worked hard to get that goal, and they've tied this game at 1. 11.50 left to go in the first. The shots are now even at 5. And we got a brand new hockey game, although it was still early to begin with. Pavelski, he'll settle it down. He'll just slowly put this in behind the cage. And now Dallas trying to have that same type of yeoman shift as Robo. will flip it around, but here's Tanev. He'll try to get rid of it as Robo will pick it up off the forehand. And now Dallas in on the right side of the wall. That'll be Majapani, who just got a primary assist. He'll flip this one down and take his change for Ryan Huska's squad. It's Mackenzie Weger. Now for Rasmus Anderson on the right wing side, just eludes a player making a change at the door as it's AJ Greer now on the left side of the red line. It's loose out in front, good stick chop. Can Calgary get a piece of this? Pospisil just trying to use his body to shield the puck. Be an opportunity for Sam Steele holding off the back skate in that L2 as it's Dubay. He's under uh, duress here, but he nicely plays it off the backhand. There's a rush, a three-on-two. A.J. Greer, drop pass. Oh, that was beautifully set up there, but Dubai couldn't get a stick on it. Could have been 2-1 Calgary. And now it's Smith for Yanni Hockenpah across the red line. And now Mackenzie Weger will settle it down from Jacob Markstrom play as this is played in between some skates and blades. Good work by Coleman. Coleman now still trying to get to the defense. He gets in the offensive zone, it bounces off a body. It's from Madrapani and Gilbert, primary and secondary assists on that side from the Tanev goal. This is flipped, can't be held by Calgary at the line, and now it'll be Jonathan Huberdeau across the flame. And see, here's a soft backhand pass to Jordan Osterley. His chance will get blocked and sent back around the end boards now as good pressure, very good forecheck for Calgary as this is recollected for Matt Deshane, former Colorado Avalanche, Nashville Predator, everything. I can't believe he's on Dallas on this side, but as it pulls to Markstrom, he makes the save. Yeah, John, this is a, a, a better second five minutes for the Flames, even than I was expecting. They, uh, they let the crowd kind of deflate there when they gave up the first goal. Dallas takes that early one nothing lead, and uh, and then Pani, who's looked like the best Flame so far, he has that nice push, gets Tanev involved. Tanev with a bit of a bounce, but that's how they go sometimes. Increasing the goals count, too. And it's 1-1. And then Dubé on the doorstep there, as you so accurately called. Could have been 2-1, but this Flames game now is a little more even here. It's, uh, it's starting to turn into a good one. Yes, it is. It's kind of what we were thinking was going to happen on this side between two teams that love to score against each other. Here's a slap shot way wide for Suter as this is picked up near the right side boards. And all of a sudden now you get that goal. No surprise, Cook. Uh, Cooper, that the puck entries get a little bit more crisp, clean, and fast as this is centered on the other way for Noah Hannafin. He'll put this wide on the window. Majapati tries to set this one up in between the legs. Number 88's look pretty good right now. It's flipped around for number 55, Noah Hannafin. This goes a little wide. Calgary keeps it in. Here comes the bomb for Lindholm. Good left pad save there for Wedgwood. Glove down by Hannafin. Can he hold it in? And this goes across the red line now. Got to be careful here. Dallas has the puck. Don't want to make sure you get a penalty against Jamie Benn off of a stick lift. As it's picked up by Dallas. It's Hockenpah into the traffic. It gets blocked nicely there by Majapani. Boy, has he been everywhere. Wyatt Johnston on a defensive side. This will go for Evgeny Dodonov. He's patient near the right circle. They'll crisscross Jamie Benn. All of a sudden, Dallas trying to work this like a power play, even though it's even strength. Hockenpah slows it down, slow deflection, and this will be picked up by the Flames. Majapani off the back skate, 
trying to make a play to his knees. He actually gets us the left side wall for Sharankovich. And Dallas will intercept. 40 left to go in the first. Good advance there for Calgary. Force to steal. Wager right down the right lane side for Connor Zeri. Slows up. Here's a pass right in the blue line. Walking into a slap shot. That one goes high off the glass. That had to have been at 90 miles an hour. This goes across the Flaming Sea. Good shot there again for the Flames. Zeri has it. It's going to find the entry again. Nice move for Zeri. Windmill. Oh, off the post. What's going to happen now as this goes near the right side? My goodness, Connor Zeri with the moves. As it's Weger. As this goes across the red line now. Weger settles it down. It's the zone. The crowd's still buzzing. Kadri as this goes down the middle. Now rush for the stars the other way. As this goes near the right side line for Sam Steele. Mackenzie Weger. Settles it back down. Good backhanded play for Greer. Rzichka now in full flight, but a good lift. As Smith tries to send it the other way for the Stars. Good save there with the shaft of the stick for Markstrom. And behind the cage, though, Dallas looking dangerous as this goes for Miro Haskin. And here's a good outstretched pass. Gets blocked near the left side dot. It'll be Dubé off the chop. He's got to get around two Stars. He cannot. As he gets across the red line now, Roddick Foxa will get it in deep as it's Blown dead with 725. My goodness, Connor Zeri's taking me out of my seat, Cooper. Well, I, if there's anybody left doubting that Connor Zeri is a real deal NHLer, oh. I think he is erasing <laughs> those doubts right now. That is some kind of play. And that's not only his first of the game, not only his first of the period. He is dancing past this Dallas defense repeatedly and looking really good doing it. And this is not a slight. I don't mean to disparage him right now. He looks like a slightly slower Johnny Gaudreau out there. He's got the handles, and he's got the foot speed. Uh, and listen, who's going to catch up to the agility of, uh, of number 13? Uh, we'll always uh, marvel at the speed of Johnny Gaudreau, but you know what? The Flames may have something in Connor Seary here, John. Yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing because we said it's the one-on-one -on -one ability to make a move and try to make a play. And hell, he beat two defenders there near the left side post. He sent it off the back end post, and if it wasn't for couple late arriving Dallas Stars right pretty much at the line. Nazem Kadri would have had a tapping goal. So 7.25 left to go in the first. We got a commercial break and it's a 1-1 tie. Yeah, and uh, I love what you were saying there finishing up on Siri. It's, he's not only making these moves, not just a flash, right? He's not just going flash and dash for its own sake. He is stepping in when he knows he has the time and space to do it. Uh, and he has been right on the doorstep. Uh, boy, just inches away there on that last attempt. Uh, that's also got to lift your teammates as well. When they see a youngster like that really making a push, some of these veteran guys, they're going to make that push as well because they know they can. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why you saw what Manjapani did, busting in on that left wing. Uh, and boy, a couple of flames have really stood out to me here, John. I love Noah Hannafin so far. Also, Lindholm has looked good, but... The young man, Zeri, leading the way. Yes, it has. I know you said you had your heart in your throw with the Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State. Right now I'm looking at the spread, and Oregon's favored by 10. Is that too much? You know what? I will get into uh, a couple of points on that. I, don't, I do think it's too much just in terms of the line, uh, and I'll tell you why when we have a, a little bit more space. I know we're about to jump back in here in this first period. Okay, because I do want to get into that. Then we do have a Flames trade in the Red Wings news on that side alongside our scoreboard. So there's a lot to do. So I'm going to try to hit it all since i got Cooper Hopkins here with me. 
as this is flipped in, Tyler Sagan will give chase. It almost looks like he's at the end of a shift, honestly. We just had the commercial break as this is flipped in. Wedgwood will take a look at it near the left side of the post. Jonathan Huberto go ahead and try to find it with Michael Backlund, the newly minted captain, see for the Calgary Flames, and I will never get tired of saying that. As this is flipped down the ice, Tanif will go ahead and play a rolling puck as it's not blown dead. The shots are 6-6, six to six and the score is 1-1. One to one. That's been a pretty even contest across the board. And Connor Zeri and Andrew Majapani honestly might have been the two best players on the ice right now. That is absolutely what I'm seeing as this is flipped in. Around the end boards, played off the backhand, and Calgary was there to clean up any mess in front of Jacob Markstrom. Igor Sharonkovich, as this is dumped in there by Majapani. And now Harley, who had the first goal of the game. Again, you couldn't really have expected that. We'll get this one down across a long outstretch pass via one-on-one. Markstrom will just go ahead and brush it ahead off the right side wall. Now into the neutral zone. Sharon Kovich will gain the entry with the flip. About six minutes left to go in the first. They were tied at one. Robos, long outstretch pass. We'll find Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weger. Here's an opportunity now. Kadri finds the space, sends a pass across. Poss pistol from a sharp angle. And this bounces out in front to number 16, Joe Pavelski. As this is in across the red line now and gain the entry here for Dallas. Rasmus Anderson, Mackenzie Weger try to brush this near the wall. Pospisil. He's got that body. He has some speed and physicality as well. But with the concussion issue, he's probably not going to see him throw many bombs. But he definitely will throw his weight around on the hits as this is chipped in across the right side of the wall. It'll be Tanev off the cheeky little drop pass. Got to be careful here. Markstrom will just snag it and hold on. Boy, Markstrom looking like a first baseman right there, really stretching out, almost like he was keeping a foot on the bag. <laughs> One foot out, stretches that left arm forward, snatches it with the trapper, brings play to a stop as we hit the commercial. And so, John, I, I know I don't want to uh, take away from what we could cover in the intermission, but since we are covering a hockey game, I'll just give you my brief thoughts on this Pac-12 championship. Sure. So, listen, as, as any college football fan knows Oregon has looked excellent especially over the last month six weeks uh, you could argue the entire season look they're 11 and one guess where that one came from that came from the Washington Huskies I'm not I don't want to say I'm surprised by the, the line that uh, I believe it started in nine and a half and now it's moved up to 10 point favorites for the Ducks um, here's something to note about Washington obviously yes they are 12 and 0 150 potential seasons in this era of the Pac-12, right? Way back when it was the Pac-8, then the Pac-10. 13 years of the Pac-12. So if you do the math, 13 years, 12 teams in the conference, mm -hmm. 13 times. So it gets 150 regular seasons that could have been perfect. Only one. This year's Washington Huskies were able to do it wow. in a year that's arguably the most impressive in the history of the conference, just in terms of overall competitiveness. So one out of 150. Now, that's great. That's all well and good. But the games have been close, right? All of the Huskies don't blow out teams they should, et cetera, et cetera. That's true. Now, let me come at it from maybe this is a little bit rose-colored glasses. You can tell me, John. The Huskies come at this thing. They have been playing to the level of their opponent at the time they play that opponent and then one notch above. They play USC. USC at the time, high-scoring offense, poor right. defense. They go to the Coliseum, 52 points in that game, 42 for USC. That game was close until four minutes to go, right? Arizona State in Seattle, very poor offensive team. Guess what? Huskies play a very poor offense, but they pull it out with their defense. I think tomorrow you will see the Huskies do it again. They'll play 
to the level of their opponent. The only question, can they get that notch above? I think that's what we have to watch for. I think that's what I've been seeing as well, following along the score lines from afar with the lenses on the outscope. And I hope that's the case because it certainly seems like if Michigan holds on against Iowa, it looks like the Wolverines and the Huskies might be playing each other in that playoff. Oh my, we would have so much to talk about, my friend. Is it, is it a dream matchup or a nightmare matchup? We'll have to decide if it happens. I think it might be a nightmare matchup for the Wolverines, to be honest, because the Washington offense looks to ha have a little bit more. I understand the win against Ohio State, but when Michigan plays in the championship games, they kind of lay some eggs, but some of these teams are very, very good, so that is understandable. So. All that matters now is if Washington takes care of their business on Friday and hopefully Cooper doesn't have to sweat too much. That's what I hope for at least. And let's get a Flames victory as well. Why not? As this is flipped in. Five minutes left to go on this first. It's tied at one. And dare I can't say where his allegiances are going to lie because I know it's going to be with the alma mater first and foremost because that game is fundamentally important. 4.45 left to go on the first and across the red line now. Flames will use this across the wall. And this will be sent in, Dallas. It will chip this out of their zone. As this will just be intercepted here. Huberto got a chance off the rush. Makes a pass across. Backhand goes off the post. Flames score! It is only defense tonight, John. <laughs> Three goals in this game. All by blue liners. Big number 55 in red. Noah Hannafin steps in to finish here. Boy, Huberto. This is what we were hoping to see, all Flames fans. We wanted to see that confidence from one of the, the uh, most silky-mitted men in the hockey. This is Huberto at his finest. Sends a backhand pass across, then Backlund flutters one to the net. That bounces off a body. Might have been Robo in front. Hannafin cleans it up on their eighth shot. Flames take the lead, 2-1. to one. Will this be the second time? Yeah, it bounced off a Dallas star the second time that the Flames... Get a bounce off of their opponent, but that was a good hand-eye deflection out of the air. Flames will take it, Cooper, and they got a 2-1 lead. Yes, they certainly do, and they just have to hang on here. I don't want to let Dallas answer right away. Just about four minutes to go here in the first. We'll see how the Flames can lock things down. Try to maybe pad this before they go to the, the room. Speaking of a chance to lock it down, it was Sparkstrom out in front that had to make a save. Again, the three defensemen with goals. Again, that's the trifecta, honestly, right now. As this is Lennon in between the legs, and this will be Pospisil that'll flip it out. Honestly, the Flames have played a very strong game, and Dallas, they've had a couple chances here, but you would expect them to push, especially getting in the second period. But if not, as Cooper said, toward the end of this first, try to tie it up. They're too good to not do so as this is near the right side boards, trying to sell a trip but not going to buy one. As this is sent around the end boards now, good block for Weger. Markstrom has to take a look. He was checking up in the air to see where the puck was. And now Miro Haskin, and he won't press. He'll be the last line of defense to keep it in. Haskin, and now got to watch for his speed. This gets blocked. Markstrom will just knock it away with the goal stick. Huge hit on the other end. Took down one of the flames as we're still playing here. And now 318, we get a stoppage. Wow, John, yeah, that flame on the wrong end of the hit was Rasmus Anderson, who's not the biggest of defenders. But just prior to that, Markstrom, I don't even think he realized he makes the save, but a fluttering puck bounces off the edge of his blocker, goes to the corner. That's where Anderson got blasted. Legal hit, and uh, I think because his legs were flailing, it looked a little more serious than it was. He popped right back up, but that was Dallas putting a little physicality into the mix here. 
So this will get thrown into the crowd, and we will do it again. So we've seen the physicality turn up. We've seen a pretty good game so far, Cooper, between both of these teams. Yes, we have. Going to be a face-off here uh, at center ice because of where the puck was sent out of play. And uh, just a little bit of time here left in the first. Uh, the Flames are going to get whistled out of this thing. Uh, but, John, yeah, there's lots to talk about. Flames have turned it up over the uh, second half of this first period. Yeah, it's been good to see because, again, as we said, going into it, Dallas is 8-1-1 one one as far as their road record. So they've absolutely dominated on that side. And Calgary just trying to continue, work their way to get above 500. And, again, they've been playing better of late. And, again, we can talk about some of the stuff in the Pacific part of the standings. Calgary's doing themselves a service here. If they can continue to stick around and slowly move up, they can find their way into a playoff spot. I understand we're not even in December yet, but you don't want to bury yourself either, and they haven't done that. That's Harley. We'll put this around the end boards. Dallas quickly pushing this the other way. Niels Lundqvist, he's going to take a blocker save there for Markstrom. In the left side post, it's loose in front of the backhand, and a good stick lift. It'll be A.J. Greer. It's a three-on-three. Three. Greer going to take a shot at Wedgwood. That was a little bit nonchalant with the glove, but he makes the save anyway. Three-on-two rush the other way for the Stars, and it's offsides. Yeah, John, you know, I'm seeing some success here for the Flames coming up the left wing on these near boards for us as the Flames move right to left in this first period. And uh, that uh, shot from Greer handcuffed Wedgwood a little bit. That, uh, that puck sat up on a tee mm -hmm. right out in the crease. There was just no flame to finish. Do you think off of these one-on-one -on -one entries that we're getting that Dallas needs to play a little bit tighter here? Because it seems like the Flames are getting their one-on-ones and taking their shots, Cooper. Well, I think it's going to be something talked about at intermission. You know, the, they haven't been necessarily playing loose by any stretch, but it's all you need in the NHL for any of these guys is just half a step. Sure. And they have been giving the Flames just enough room. If that's going to be the weak spot, they do have to shore that up for sure. So 2.28 left. Again, the Flames' feed is keep showing Jake Ottinger on that side, chewing on that gum. And again, he's got the baseball cap on. He's getting the day off here. It's Wedgwood's crease today as this is in across the red line in the last Lindholm in between three stars. Flames will win this puck. See what they can do here near the right side of the blue line. They'll flip it in. Again, they won 7-4 to four November 24th against the sort of the trail four throughout the two periods. Again, this is a third meeting of the month between these teams, and it's all said and done after this because they're in opposite sides of the bracket, west on west, though. Robertson, nice move on the middle. I didn't thought he would take a shot. He's going to let the pass it instead. Flames can't get anything going right now because they lost in between some skate blades. If I'm Robo, I'm just getting in the middle of that slot and shooting next time as this is picked up off the backhand. Robertson will settle it back down. I'll take the slap shot now. This one goes way wide. This will be an opportunity for Huberto to try to get this one out. Robertson will pick it up again. Flames have it. Nobody's in their face. Mackenzie Weger can do whatever he wants here. Here's a long outstretch pass. Backlund Try to find his line mate, but... Pass a little bit contested as Robertson, Sagan, full flight, Sagan down the middle, good move. And this is hit out of the air, off the post, and Haskinen shoots it wide. That looked like a chance that materialized out of nothing. Dallas now looking for a deflection as this is near the left side wall. All of a sudden now in the final minute, got to be careful here. Haskinen, this is a ripper, and Markstrom saw it somehow and makes the save. Yeah, here comes the most obvious pun in the world when you're talking about Calgary, but the Flames play with fire right there with very little yeah. time left in the first period. And boy, I think one of those shots snuck behind Markstrom, came off the post, and then Heiskanen almost finished the one that was out in front in the circle, 
And, uh, John, I think you're going to have it. Might be a little ahead of you here. There's something going on with Dallas. All right, I'll keep in mind that with the Cooper Vision giving me a uh, march ahead. Haskin in tip. Rebound in front and a score! Off the face-off win. It's a tie game, Mason Marchman. Yes, it is. I uh, hope I didn't steal your thunder there. I, uh, <laughs> I was the prognosticator on that one. And the Flames, uh, the victim of the hockey gods this time, they've gotten a few in their favor. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about bouncing pucks. That one set in from the point, bounces off his skate. I think it was off of Sagan. Goes from Markstrom's left to right, and that one is finished by Marchman with no doubt. And exactly one minute left on the clock here, John, in the first, tied at two. We just talked about how big that's going to be. I'll double down here. That's a gigantic goal for the Dallas Stars. Not completely deflating for Calgary, but you feel like they should have the lead the way that they played. You wanted to hold that in. But 2-2 right now, under the final minute of the first. Dare we say, though, this has been a heck of an entertaining contest so far. This really does feel like a playoff game, honestly, with the amount of offense that we could see. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Mason March with his fifth at 18.58 from Sagan. And Haskinen as it's Nazem Kadri off the back end now. Pospisil. He's being held near the left side boards. Gets knocked down, actually. And Rasmus Anderson will send this back around the end boards. Kadri trying to pry it loose. He might be a little bit invigorated playing on that second line with Zarian Pospisil, Nazem Kadri. I've seen him percolate a little bit. As 15 seconds left to go on the first shots on goal are 10 to 9, but it's a 2-2 tie. This bounces in off Mackenzie Wigger. Jacob Markstrom put this high off the end glass. Majapani, one more rush if he can do so, gain the red line. That is going to end the first period. It's a 2-2 tie. Yep, John, you said a huge goal right there, and uh, doesn't doesn't bode well. If you are a fan of the team wearing red, that was uh, an interesting first period. A lot of changes in momentum. The Flames held that momentum for a good stretch. But you know what? This is the Dallas Stars. They are a top team in this league in a couple of shifts. Sometimes one shift is all it takes just to tip those tables in their favor. That's what they did. They just buzzed. It wasn't even an extended period that they were buzzing in the Ozone. And uh, John Haskinen almost finishes. They get uh, a, an unlucky bounce and then turn around. The very next shift, they get a lucky bounce finished by Marchman, and that's what leads us to the 2-2 tie. Yes, it does. I'm going to go ahead and give you the football reset, and then we'll get in the Flames reset for goals, and then we'll get in our first intermission. So it looks like right now seven seconds left to go on the second. Uh, Seattle's touchdown was just overturned. It looks like 2014 Dallas was seven seconds left. I believe they have the ball, though. Let you know if there's any other updates there. As far as our scoring in this game, it was three straight defensemen. The 451 mark, Thomas Harley with his fourth from Joe Paw and Jason Robertson. And then two straight for the Flames. Chris Tanev with his first from Rajapani and Dennis Gilbert. Noah Hannafin at the 15.30 mark from Michael Backlund and Jonathan Huberdeau. Before the defensive streak was broken, Mason Marsham with his fifth from Tyler Sagan and Muriel Haskinen. Jacob Markstrom stopped 8 out of 10. Scott Wedgwood, 7 out of 9. Yeah, great reset there, John. And uh, it's going to be a, a really big contest for the Flames. Can they get back to 500 is what I mentioned when I first jumped on the, uh, the broadcast here. Uh, it doesn't seem like uh, you know all that impressive of an achievement, but when you're still close in the standings and dancing around those playoff spots, being in one can really be invigorating for a team. Uh, and just having at least an equal amount 
of wins yeah. and losses in those columns can make a difference for your psyche as well. So uh, I think there's lots going on on the ice, but also just in terms of uh, the overall direction of the team as well. So I don't normally do this during the intermission, but we got a lot going on here. It's Seattle and Toronto in the middle of a shootout. Austin Matthews has given the Maple Leafs the lead. My goodness. Well, guess what? It's my it's, it's my night, John. We're talking I know. Seahawks. We're talking Seahawks. We're literally covering the Flames, and now we're talking Kraken. Boy, another team. Man, you want to talk about teams that need a little boost uh, just mentally, just in their energy. The Kraken having a different start to the year than I think they and lots of people in the hockey world expected. Uh, but let's see what happens here in a shootout against a really good Maple Leafs team. Jared McCann tried to go forehand and Wolf saved it with the glove. Marner, he scores. Maple Leafs get the extra point. Seattle at least going to get one. Marner, right wing side, slows up, shoots, scores! And the Maple Leafs take the extra point in the shootout. They win 4 3. Yeah, there it is. I mean, for, first of all, great call just on the fly. <laughs> in the intermission, John Ott is still on point. Uh, he's working even when we're on a break, uh, when the teams are on a break. But, uh, yeah, listen, that's that's a tough team right there, a tough matchup at any time against Matthews Marner and those Maple Leafs. Uh, so I'm sure the Kraken would have loved to get the two, uh, but they will take the one. No moral victories, of course, but uh, to take them to a shootout, that to show some competitive, excuse me, competitiveness, and those are, you know, this is skills competition. Could have gone either way, for sure. Yes, it has, and for the Maple Leafs, back-to-back -back shootouts because they beat the Panthers the other day in the game I covered. It was double tap on the other side for Evan Rodriguez before finished off by the Maple Leafs, so they get another win. Panthers get a big 5-1 win over the Canadians, and the Bruins, Cooper, again, 15-4-3. I, I normally wouldn't say it like this, but they've ridden the ship, and they beat the Sharks 3-0. They were losing games in regulation. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I... I hate to say it, but the Sharks know it. Sharks fans know it. They're not going to take any offense here. If you need to turn things around, you need to face the Sharks. And that's exactly what happened for the Bruins, who did go on a little bit of a slide there. I mean, look, they're human, too. Uh, obviously, a little bit of turmoil with that team, uh, certainly around a former Flame. Uh, you know, I think that they were able to focus through that for the most part and then stumbled a bit here. Then they get the win tonight, shutting out San Jose. And uh, we'll see if they can put together another stretch of games and get some more wins. So I'm going to get another final here, then we'll get to the Flames trade, and then the Patrick Kane news. We'll do this pretty quickly here. So the Penguins, they get a gigantic win over the Lightning. Again, Vasilevsky's come back, but now the Lightning all of a sudden are losing a couple games. They lost to uh, Colorado the other day, now they lose to the Penguins. They lost to Arizona last night on that side, but they lose 4-2 to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and a couple of things to note there. The Coyotes, uh, look out. Yeah. a little better than they've been in a few seasons. And in that Pittsburgh game, Goalie goal, hitting the empty net, making it 4-2. That was a pretty exciting development there. Holy cow, yeah, Tristan Jari, 18-52 in the third period. Thank you for that uh, shout-out there, Cooper. I wouldn't have noticed that. <laughs> hey, you know there's there's a certain handful of things that hockey players and fans get especially excited for, and that is right near the top of it. It's almost the goalies, right, John? Yeah. If they're not fighting, if we're not fighting, they want them to score, and that at least we got one of those tonight. So uh, a big thumbs up to Jari for firing one over the top of everyone's domes and into the back of the net to make it 4-2. So I want to make sure that I give you the first floor on this, but there was a big trade as it was broken out and sent out the tweet. Nikita Zadorov to Vancouver Canucks. What did you think of that trade? Well, you know what? First of all, we basically knew it was going to happen. 
Durov and his reps made it public that he was interested in being traded away from Calgary. That's fine. And Craig Conroy been put in a tough position, right? I'm still a, a new GM. He's been an assistant GM for many, many years. Been in the Flames organization as a player, uh, as an executive, and now making the choices. He's calling the shots. And Zadorov basically called the shot for him. Hey, I want to be traded, so the clock starts to tick. I will say this. I did not expect him to be traded in the Pacific Division, um, and certainly not to a, a direct rival to the Vancouver Canucks. But you know what? There's precedent for that. The Flames and the Vancouver Canucks have a very active trade history. Um, and there hasn't been a trade like that in some time. And now look, listen, we're not talking about a first-line center. We're not talking about a first-pairing defenseman. You know, Nikita Zadorov is basically your fifth defender, right? I think you probably agree with that, you know, give or take. Maybe he's the fourth on some teams. Maybe he's sixth sure. or seventh on some other teams. But you know what? He made a difference for the Calgary Flames. And I, my personal feeling, John, you know this very well, I really like Nikita Zadorov as a Calgary Flame. Uh, I like his attitude. I like his work ethic night in and night out. Um, professionalism. His desire to uh, press in from the blue line and, and play a little offense when necessary. I think especially on a Flames team that needed that. Uh, and then we saw some of the biggest hits in the recent history of the Calgary Flames. You know, in a game that is changing. It is more yeah. about speed, offense, space, timing, uh, precision. I'm not saying hitting and fighting and the things that a lot of hockey fans love are going away. But Nikita Zadorov brought some of those elements uh, night in and night out. Those are some of the things I will miss. I think the Canucks need him. I think the Canucks are also thinking about where their season is headed. Um, again, I'm going to toot my own horn. I thought the Canucks would make a bit of a push this year, and it looks like they're doing that. This is a different version of the Canucks team, kind of like the Coyotes. Things are changing a little bit uh, out in the West and are being led by those teams in Arizona and in British Columbia. So... The last thing I'll say, the question about what did the Flames get back? Did Conroy, quote-unquote, win the trade? Well, let's not forget that Nikita Zadorov was picked up. Uh, I believe that the Flames had to give up a third-round draft choice yes. to get him. So one pick for one player. And they got a lot of life in some of the better years of Zadorov's career. Uh, I wish it would have been longer. That's my personal feeling. But to get back two picks, I think... Even at this point of the season, that's about as much as you can hope for other than maybe getting, you know, if you had identified, like, you know, a, a fourth-line forward or an AHL player uh, to get a fifth-round pick in this upcoming draft and then two years away in the 2026 draft, the Flames will have a third-rounder. So basically, it's, it's offset, but you're getting back that third-round pick, getting an additional pick, uh, I think the Canucks get some help. He'll be a good piece of that team. Um, wish he were still a flame, but overall, I think Conroy did what he needed to do when his hand was forced, and he did pretty well. And we'll see what happens from here. I think so, too, because you look at some of the armchair GMs on that side, I think you give a really good take, but the ones that go before that, they say, hey, we get a second-round pick. The only way you're doing that is if you're retaining a lot of salary and if he's already signed. So it's a pure rental on that side for Vancouver. We don't know if he's even going to get extended at all. And I'll take it a step further as I'll transition to the Red Wings here. Philip Hironik. Remember, Steve Eisman got a first for him. And we said, oh, Philip Hironik's doing really good. He's getting a ton of assists. Well, you know why he's doing that, Cooper? Because he's playing with Quinn Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you said it all. There's nothing I can 
add to that. That's a great observation. Also, thank you for bringing up the contract details. That does matter so much uh, in, in today's game. Also, with Zadorov exiting, it just frees up the flames financially sure. a little bit more to move players around. And Conroy, who's actually being interviewed on Sportsnet by Ryan Leslie right now, I'm sure is making comments just like the ones we're saying, John. Having that financial freedom makes a big difference. And Conroy did not shy away from something that you and I have talked about and said the Flames have needed to embrace or not able to do so in the Daryl Sutter era, the second Daryl Sutter era, is embrace the youth and the talent that they have had uh, in the organization right below them, the Calgary Wranglers, uh, former the Stockton Heat. Anyway, I just like that Conroy has not shied away from saying we want to give more young, talented players chances here because we're starting to see, as Connor Zeri has exhibited tonight, they have some special pieces that could make a big difference with the big club. Yeah, and again, as you said, I agree with you completely. He said from day one what he's going to do, and he's been sticking to that script, and he's been honest with everybody. And I think that that's exactly what you want, and that's what we want to continue to see here with the Flames. And I think as long as they can continue to navigate the contracts that are being signed, we all know the names on that side, I think Calgary is going to push themselves in the right direction. We know that there's going to be some things that have to happen down the road. But I think Conroy is going to be the right person to do it. Speaking of GM talk, as you mentioned there with Leslie and Conroy, I saw a little bit earlier on the Redmond side between Mickey Redmond and Steve Eisman. And what's the talk been about? Mr. Patrick Kane. Yes, he is a member of the Detroit Red Wings. And yes, the contract is prorated. So it's just one year, just under $3 million on that side. But the 35-year-old Patrick Kane is coming off hip resurfacing injury. And really... Only three other players have had that, two of which I know have never played again, and I believe on that side, what was it, Backstrom? He only played a few more games for Washington before he had to sit and bow out because it was just too painful on that end. So here's the thing for me for Patrick Kane. Everybody's going crazy here and saying, oh, all of a sudden the Red Wings are going to be a playoff team and he's a complete difference maker and contributor. Yes, he can be a difference maker and contributor, but you know what I like about it, Cooper, on this side for Steve Eisman? It's a one-year deal. It's a show-me deal. Patrick Kane came in and said the right things. I'm not expecting to be on the first line. I feel like I can have an impact on that second and third line. And Alex Dabrinkit was a big reason why I wanted to come here. I believed in what head coach Derek Wilm wanted to do. I like what Steve Iversman is bringing. And I'm going to be able to bring something to this team going forward and make an impact. And that's what I think Patrick Kane can do. A second or third liner for what Patrick Kane can be. Because, look, you could have a line, essentially, where it's Dabrinkit, Kane, and JT Comfort. That's your second line, and it doesn't disrupt your first line for Larkin, Raymond, and Perron. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, John, I mean, listen, you obviously the expert when it comes to uh, Hockey Town and all things Detroit Red Wings. I personally like this a lot for Detroit. Why not bring in a legend and see how much Trent there is left on the tires? Yeah. I think that I applaud Patrick Kane for not letting the ego lead. I think he knows the role that he's going to be asked to play, and he knows he's stepping onto a team that is in a really exciting part of the trajectory after many years of rebuilding, and we're starting to see a little noise. There was a little noise last year, and it faded a bit. I'm going to see if the Detroit Red Wings can sustain some of that noise, and I'm talking about noise in the standings and pushing some of their opponents out of the way. 
I love the fact that the Red Wings are where they are right now, sitting on 27 points uh, with that 12-7-3 record in a wildcard position. Teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are right behind them, looks to be a different type of team. This is not the dominant, frightening Tampa Bay Lightning team that you know was really at the top of the NHL for multiple years in a row. It's going to start to make room for the Red Wings. And when you have a leader and somebody who basically at any moment can still flash that generational skill like Patty Kane can, uh, that's a good recipe for me. And if you have any other thoughts, please share, my friend, because listen, it's still Patrick Kane. He may not be the Patrick Kane of uh, eight or ten years ago, but to me, I think it's a great move, and I think he's going to bring something to the Red Wings. Let me just say this, because you and I know a couple of years ago, Patrick Kane had about 90 points. I would think Patrick Kane, if he's healthy, all things considered, 60 on that side. I think that that's, some, that's a base to work off of. He's somebody that's definitely going to be able to add to your power play, which the Red Wings want to be able to do, and give you more offensive push. But you know the one thing I think you and I are going to be completely like-minded of this. You're probably already thinking about this now. But what I'm excited about with Patrick Kane is not just the player. It's what it signifies to me for the Red Wings. We've talked about the rebuilding and the mess from Ken Holland and Steve Eisman to take over. And people will say it's year five, they haven't won yet. What's Steve doing? And you and I have talked about it. We've been very honest with everybody saying, look what he inherited. Look all the things that had to be made. This move signifies to me that the Red Wings are ready to take the next step toward being competitive and toward being a playoff team. The dark ages of the rebuild, yes, I know they have to fix some decor things with Sherratt, Petrie, and Hull, and that will come with time because you're still slowly building up your core. You're letting them get seasoning in the AHL. But what that signifies is a move toward competitive hockey and a push toward the playoffs. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, maybe this is me trying to wax a little too poetic. This is one... Uh, legendary forward in the history of the NHL, trusting another legendary forward yeah. in the history of the NHL and saying, you know what, you have a place here. And your career is, uh, you know, you're on the back half for sure. Uh, if we're using the golf analogy, you're probably on the uh, you're probably on the 16th hole. Patty Kane, but you know what? That's a few good holes to go, and you can make a big, big impact with a little bit of runway. And if there's anyone who can, it is a player like Patrick Kane. Uh, and he knows, he knows that he will be trusted, he will be called upon, and every opponent is going to have to account for him. You cannot assume, well, it's it's old Patty Kane, we can just give him time and space. As soon as you do that, or as soon as you forget about him, watch it, he will make you pay. Yeah, we saw that when he was with the Rangers last year, and Vlad Tarasenko, I still think he's got a lot left to give in the tank. And again, the one thing for me, he might make his uh, return sometime next week on that end, but there is no rush on that side for Steve Eisman. Said the same thing with Patrick Kane. I played through injuries too. We'll find a way to make it work for you. Speaking of the Red Wings on that side, the interesting part, they acquired Patrick Kane Cooper, and then who did the Red Wings play in back-to-back -back games? Two of his former teams in the Rangers and the Blackhawks. Man, that Rangers game was crazy yesterday, but the Red Wings did bounce back with a 5-1 victory over Chicago. Yeah, and you know what? It's uh, just like I was trying to maybe be too poetic a moment ago. There's somewhere there's a script writer. We always joke about uh, how the, NA, the NFL, the, uh, the the old legend that uh, somewhere someone is writing these scripts uh, to, to get the NFL to play out the way that it does every season. Well, how about whoever's writing the scripts for the NHL? Because you mentioned Patty Kane going to face his former teams uh, bang, bang right away. Well, uh, who did the Flames face on Saturday? Yeah. Guess what? 
the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, I, I was just going to ask you that too. What is uh, Nikita Zadorov thinking on the Saturday side? I mean, he's probably staying in Calgary because he'll just be right here. Do you want to take the second period? Uh, sure, what the heck, I think I might be. This is rare. Normally, as uh, as our devoted listeners know, I'm usually behind John Ott. I'm always good for one or two uh, technical difficulties, but we've been smooth so far, so knock on wood. I think I'm about 10 seconds ahead of you here, but I'll, uh, I'll jump in as I'm seeing our teams jump into that center ice face-off circle. It's time for the second period at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, and uh, now we're just seconds in, 10 shots apiece. Two goals apiece. It was 2-1 Flames until a minute to go in the first when the Dallas Stars were moving right to left in the second period and they're visiting white and greens. They tied this game up. Flames here in the second moving left to right on your radio dials in their home reds with the red and yellow trim. Now Dallas has the puck at the blue line. She sends a big slap shot in behind Markstrom on his glove side. Now Tanev getting tied up right there behind the net with rope hints. The puck's going to bounce to the far point. Dallas keeping this puck in with 28 seconds gone here in the second. Puck bouncing around with the far boards. Cooper Hopkins here on play-by-play alongside the one and only John Ott. Uh, we just had some great first intermission discussion about some big trades. Uh, one certainly bigger than the other involving Patty Kane. And then Nikita Zadorov, who was a big piece and throws big hits. Well, he did for the Flames. Now he will presumably for the Canucks as Rasmus Anderson takes this puck. And the Swedish defenseman will pass Along to that far wall to Weger. Now a pass in front. The puck bouncing in the high slot. Again, Scott Wedgwood in the crease for the Stars tonight. Not Jake Ottinger, who is wearing that ball cap on the bench. He's been shown multiple times as if Sportsnet's trying to say, hey, you sure you don't want to start this guy? Well, Wedgwood's been doing okay so far. Has only let in the two. And right now we're going to get a stoppage. In fact, John, I believe we're going to get an interference call. You might be a couple of seconds behind, but let me know if you see what I see. Looks like the Flames will have the first power play of the night. Looks like uh, Jamie Benn is going to the box. Yes, indeed. One of those last remaining players grandfathered in uh, doesn't have to wear the visor. Johnny's got to, he's got it wide open. There are just a few guys left. Uh, it's crazy to think that not that many years ago, uh, there were a few players that uh, didn't have to wear a helmet at all, John. Right. <laughs> but things have changed. We got modern hockey here, and boy, the Flames want to make some changes as well with their power play just 11.3 percent conversion rate that's near the bottom of the league in the low 20s and here they go a few seconds elapsed here in the man advantage again the first one of the evening no penalties called in the first period and boy early here in the second we get our first power play of the night now there's a slapper from deep by hannafin huberto was on the doorstep there trying to backhand shovel that thing past wedgwood couldn't get a clean stick on it 25 seconds have gone here in the power play back to hannafin up top this umbrella formation Puck goes back to Cadre. He holds and holds, sends a pass across. Now that pass is whipped back through, looked to connect with Huberdeau, but it was deflected away by the Stars in the middle. Now tap back to Hannafin. Worth noting here for the Sportsnet stat team, 7 for 7. That's the penalty kill for the Stars in their last two games. So a nice stretch for their special teams. That was a bomb from Hannafin. That bounces off of a leg in front. Flames doing a great job here of keeping the puck in the offensive zone. Hannafin gets the puck one more time. Flutters one through off of a body in front again. That shot did not make it to Wedgwood. Now here's a slap shot. That one is bounced off of the right pad of Wedgwood. Now Huberto getting tied up in front. Looked like a hook there, but there will be no call. Hannafin steps back in. Pass to the right circle. Now he's going to slap one through. Lots of bodies going down in front. John, 45 seconds to go here on the power play. A couple of shots have gone through here, so 12 now for the Flames. Hannafin looking for a target again. This one slapped from an angle. 
buck bouncing to Wedgwood's right, and it will go all the way back to the point. Boy, Flames, John, have spent almost the entire power play on this shift in the offensive zone. They're looking to score here. They were over three against the Knights in that overtime win a couple, excuse me, last game. Now the puck gets shot through, bounced off a leg again. Puck goes to Hannafin one more time. I sound like I'm repeating myself because I am. A hundred, boy, just a hundred percent in that offensive zone, John, until 10 seconds to go in the power play. The puck is sent out by the Stars. Meager collects from Markstrom, and the power play expires. So, boy, lots of pressure from the home team here. But now Jamie Benn out of the box, and guess what? Here come the Stars. A back pass through the high slot. Just goes through some skates. And we are off and running in the second period. Flames come on a four-on-three here. They finally get a change. Andrew Montrapani is out now on the ice for the Flames. He's been one of the best Calgary players, uh, or just any player on the ice. As here comes number 95, Matt Duchesne. He's played for a couple of squads in the NHL, as John mentioned in the first period. And the puck is in the far corner to Markstrom's right. Held in there by Dallas, but the puck will bounce away from the Stars and now is picked up by Blake Coleman, the former Tampa Bay Lightning. Gets it across. There's a great shot by Greer. That one bounces off the bottom of the trapper. Wedgwood makes the save. It bounces to the corner. Guess who? Hannafin up top again sends a shot on. It's blockered away. That one another save for Wedgwood. So it should be 15 shots now for Calgary. It's still two on two. Excuse me, two, two, two. That's the score, two goals to two goals, with 15.30 to go here in the middle stanza. So now 16 shots for the Flames. One man down behind the net looked to be just pinned down by one of the stars. That was a flame. I thought there was an injury, but nope, that's going to be one of the Calgary Flames who was checked down behind Wedgwood. The puck sent in. The Flames will change. Dallas goes for a partial change as well. Puck fluttering down into the near corner toward Markstrom's side. Osterle for the Flames is going to collect here. He gives this one to Connor Zary. He has had some moves tonight. He'd love to get on the score sheet, and so would his team. That would put them up by one. But right now, Mackenzie Weger having to turn back and forth, sends it to Osterle. And we have the Flames offside, where they will touch the puck. I believe Kadri makes contact. And boy, he has some words for Eiskinen right there, as play has finally been whistled dead. 14.55 to go here in the second. So I will say this. The Dallas Stars now on the recent thing with SportsCenter, 8 for 8 on their kill side, but they just allowed in that diamond shape Calgary to do whatever they want to get shots from the point. If Calgary gets another power play, assuming Dallas already knows what's working, I'll press in a little bit. I'll even put Connor Zeri on the power play, make a couple moves, try to get a little bit in tight. If Dallas is going to give me that much space, I think Calgary is going to capitalize on it. Yeah, I think you make a great point there, John. They have just put so much pressure on it. Listen, we watch a lot of Flames hockey. That was some of the more sustained pressure I've seen on a Flames power play for uh, potentially a couple of seasons here. So, nice start to their man advantage tonight. Didn't get a goal, but uh, it bodes well if they happen to get another one, as John uh, just mentioned. But right now, the puck is in the offensive zone of the Stars. They have the puck back at the blue line. There's Ben. He goes low to high. Now Ben's going to get the puck right back at the far point. Sends it over to Heiskanen. Now this one's sent to the center, and it bounces through some legs almost underneath Markstrom. That hits some trees out in front, including Mark, excuse me, Rasmus Anderson, who now has the puck and will clear the zone for the Flames. The Dallas Stars looking for an icing call here, but it will not be called. Looked like it touched a body in the neutral zone before Aiskinen goes to pick it up. He goes, nice stretch pass right there. Now it's going to be snapped on. It's loose in front, driving the net right there for Dallas was Mason Marchman, but good back-checking by the Flames right there to take away what would have been a sure 
goal scoring opportunity. Under 14 minutes to play here in the second. Still 2-2 in this very tight hockey game between uh, two teams that have sort of inadvertently become rivals of sorts, playing good contests every time they meet. Last time they did meet, it was a 7-4 victory for the Calgary Flames, even though they went into the third period trailing in that game. So now the puck is on the stick of Lindell. Now a whiff on a setup for a one-timer right there. Uh, make that Hockenpah who had the pass across and the shot eventually gets down to Markstrom. No trouble there as he finds a teammate. It's going to be Lindholm, the top man for Calgary in the center position. is going to flutter this one in looking for Zeri. Zeri trying to maintain possession here, but Lindell gets it across. And this one picked up in the middle of the defensive zone as the Stars will skate it out. Now dropped off right there for Hintz. And Hintz going to send it across and bounces through the corner. To the far half boards. Nice job by the Flames right there to eventually get it out, though there could be an icing here, but the Flames are trying to race this thing down, and Wedgwood will step out into the trapezoid and play it with the backhand, so play continues. 12.40 to go here in the second period. In the Ozone for the Stars. Stars going to try to collapse on this thing behind Markstrom as it bounces to Hanley. Make that Harley. I've done that twice tonight. Uh, the R is an N. The N is an R. I gotta look for the numbers. Harley with that big 5-5. Five -five. Hanley Wearing 44 in green. As the Stars still hold the puck right here, it falls to the stick of Jason Robertson. A robo looks to possess, falls down, takes one of the flames with him. Bodies colliding at the far afterwards against the glass, and it's floated over to Dylan Dubé. Not a name we've mentioned all that much, though we did have a scoring opportunity in the first, and he is checked down right here uh, as we see Zeri hit the bench. John, is this an offside? Uh, I don't see a, a penalty call. Looks like we have an offside stoppage and our first meeting. Timeout. Yeah, it was a painful one for Dubé because he kind of got his face slammed in the glass for the offside. But that Yanni Hockenpah slap attempt makes me remind myself of why I shoot uh, wrist shots in Eshel. <laughs> you said it, my friend. I looked like that was going to be a bomb coming in from deep. Uh, reminds me of an old uh, Calgary Flame who is retired now, enjoying his uh, his years relaxing. It makes me think of Michael Stone. He would uh, fire big shots from way outside, and Hockenpah was doing his best impression there. But he, uh, he caught nothing but air on that one. So, dare I say it, with the exception of that Calgary power play, which looked really good, this second period so far for you looked much like the first period for me, where it's kind of just been a little bit of a feeling out process, has it not? Yeah, you know, I might give a little bit of a nod to the Stars here. They've had just a few more moments of, I wouldn't call it sustained offensive zone time, but they have been able to set up a little bit more successfully. Uh, they're not really cycling fully or buzzing by any stretch of the imagination, but there have just been a couple of moments, maybe two or three so far in the first half of the second, where Dallas has uh, set some things up and at least gotten looks. They haven't done much with it, uh, but we'll see if the Flames can do what they did in the first. Uh, they let Dallas uh, kind of have a run of play, not completely, but Dallas was, was pushing more often than not, uh, and the Flames were on the back foot until uh, Calgary really turned things around and uh, took the lead until late in the first. Dallas ties things up. So, of course, the Flames would love to repeat that, take the momentum back, but, of course, with the exception of uh, not giving it up with a minute to go in the period. So here was an interesting develop. I saw a little bit earlier Luke Hughes left the game for the Devils with an injury. He comes back, scores the one in OT. Devils improved to 11-9-1. They beat the Flyers, who fall to 11-10-2. They beat them 4-3 in OT. Yeah, thanks for the update, John. And, uh, boy, you know, the Flyers, we've been talking about some teams that are 
making a little bit of a shift. I'm not saying the Flyers are going to go out and win the Cup this year, but at least putting together a better yeah. early season than, uh, than they've had the past couple trips through. But right now, at least on my side, again, I may be a few seconds ahead of Mr. John Ott, but uh, we are now under 12 minutes to go here in the second. Uh, we are back underneath the action. Trademark John Ott right there. Uh, fully stolen as there's another slap shot attempt from the blue line by the Stars, but it does hit bodies in front. Flames have been doing a good job of job of clogging the lanes tonight, not letting it too much uh, get to Markstrom. And we now have 11.35 to go here in the second as the puck goes down to the far corner and that angle pass low to high is past everyone and all the way back to Wedgwood behind his net. Stretch pass there. That's been a success spot for Dallas so far. That was a nice pass from deep that got all the way to the Flames' blue line, but the Stars step offside, so we have play whistle down once again. I didn't catch the number on it, Cooper, but it looks like one of the Flames is hurting at the bench blocking a shot. Yeah, John, good point. Uh, we'll try to get an update there. I did not get a number either. Uh, I think it was one of the Flames' forwards, but let's uh, take a peek at that. We might get another look at uh, someone who definitely was feeling that blocked shot for sure on the bench. So hopefully Ryan Huska and his staff will check in on that. The Flames will be able to move forward managing that situation right now here comes Rasmus Anderson with a fluttering puck that again this has happened a couple of times so far Wedgwood gets handcuffed he can't glove that thing down and that allows the Flames to pinch in do a nice job on the forecheck now guess who has it it's the captain wearing number 11 Michael Backlund now looking for the pass return to him but the Stars do a good job of stepping in that lane and knocking the puck back down toward Markstrom it's going to be picked up here by Weger who came over with Huberto in that blockbuster trade for Kachuk Going to Florida, those two players come back to the Flames, and Uyghur's been a nice steady presence on the blue line for these Calgary Flames. And here's a bouncing puck right at the red line. Center is going to be picked up here by Dallas, and we have, I believe, a penalty coming up here, John, or was that a clean play? Breaking through was Essa Lindell. I thought there might have been a trip there, uh, but maybe you can uh, double down on what I'm seeing. Is that uh, a clean stop by the Flames? I, I think it is on that side, but Pospisil, he could have got pretty close after the puck bounced off his left leg for a hook because he was late to get back and just bounced right off of him. And I know Ryan Huska is the head coach right now, but for Daryl Sutter, you would think about E.C. Wedgwood kind of fumbling these pucks around. Maybe he should start bombing more shots at the net. Yeah, I think uh, I think you and I are thinking the same thing, my friend. Is uh, we have a face-off to Markstrom's left. Cadre was waved out, but Zeri steps in, and his good game continues. He wins that defensive zone draw. Flames are trying to get this thing out. Guess who does it? It's Zeri. He's everywhere as the puck flutters forward. Here come the Flames on a partial break, and with a little bit of a backhand shot right there was Pospisil. He was closed down at the very last second by the two Stars defenders. He probably could have. If he takes a look at the tape, gotten that shot off just a touch earlier. As now a shot comes in from the Flames from the blue line. We're halfway through this contest. Less than 10 to go here in the second. Flames hanging on to this puck. Guess who it is again? It's Zeri holding that thing in. But now the Stars will get possession and float it up over Zeri's outstretched mitt. And it will go back to Chris Tanev. He will send this thing in. No icing here. So the Flames look at a four check. And they do a good job as Rasmus Anderson pinches in against Marchment. Now the Stars will backhand this thing along. That was Lindell. He's had a couple of good shifts here in the second period. And the puck goes behind Jacob Markstrom. And we will have an icing call. So the Flames with a little bit of a push coming out of that media timeout, John. 
Yeah, it was, and you had Connor Zeri making the moves, as Cooper said, just trying to hold it in, pause pistol on a break. But Nazem Kadri was on the left side of that blue line. He lets one go, and all of a sudden it hits Wedgwood in the five hole, and then he's kind of looking behind him on the side of the board. So, again, I just have to notice that puck tracking, and I think the Flames will be picking up on that too. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I love uh, I love these youngsters for the Flames. Not afraid to drive the net and try to make a, a, a big moment in this game happen. Uh, you got to feel like one of them is going to break through soon. And now with the puck on his stick, it is excuse me, Andrew Majapani. And he has, again, had a great game for the Flames so far. And Rasmus Anderson picks this puck up, sends it to the neutral zone. Flames kind of crowding each other in their own end. Nine minutes to go in the second. 18 shots for Calgary, 12 shots for Dallas. So Flames have done a great job. Again, I mentioned this a few minutes ago. They've not let shots really get to Markstrom here in this second period. Just a couple to speak of as the puck was beaded for Imanjipani's stick blade right there. It was tapped away just at the last second. Stars going to go for a change here. Flames try to go for the cross-eye stretch pass. It was unsuccessful, but then held in. Now we have the Flames with a wraparound attempt. Puck was in front. It's bouncing. Backlund was there, but the Flames couldn't get a clean stick on it. And it's carried out right there. Good job by Pavelski to do uh, what a veteran should do, take the play over and get that thing away from danger. So the Flames right now with a turnover in their own end. Pass goes out to the center. It's right in the slot. And I think we have another diving block from Tanev. He puts his body on the line, John, night in and night out. He's got the stitches on his chin to prove it. The other night he took one off of his face. You mentioned that earlier. His response to why he did it, he said, well, that was the only way I was going to stop that shot. Chris Tanev, unbelievable stuff right there. The backhand pass, excuse me, shot comes in for the Flames. That was Gilbert. So another defenseman trying to make an offensive move. There's a snapshot. Gilbert had it on his forehand that time, and he went a little wide of the trapper side of Wedgwood's net. Now the Flames doing a great job again for checking. Wrap around far side. That was put on by Rasichka. And I think that bounced off of Wedgwood's right pad. So a great push here from the Flames. This is kind of what we were just talking about, John. Ten shots for Calgary in this period. Just two for the visiting stars. And the Flames buzzing right now. Every shift making a difference and spending time in the O-zone. Anderson steps in from the near point to the half board. He's going to keep this thing into the corner. Rizicka backhands it around. This one going to be sent back to the far point. Now Weger goes back to Anderson. Anderson floats it in front. And this one goes off of a skate. Bounces up into the air and eventually into the netting. As we get a shot of Tanev on the bench, John, he gets another huge shot block denying Sam Steele right in front. That takes a lot of guts. Again, they showed it on the Sports Center in the first intermission. And looking at the teeth and the chiclets there for Tanev, especially getting hit in the face, and he goes, I got the gap tooth. I wouldn't mind losing it, blocking another shot. <laughs> My goodness, he just does it any which way he can. <laughs> He had his back to the shooter, sees that the shot is impending, and basically falls backwards, almost like he's yeah. slipping on a pool deck back into the water. <laughs> and he catches that thing right in the ribs, so uh, he has the scars to show that he has really put his body on the line for these flames. Yeah, it's not pretty being a defenseman at times, but again, that was an absolute bailout because there's a turnover right in the middle of the slot. Sam Steele would have had a wide open net to shoot at, but Tanev with the heroics, able to shut that one down. 
I'm not going to say too much, but I'll just give you honestly what I see. The Flames have absolutely dominated in the second period as far as the shot opportunities. You kind of wonder what adjustments Peter DeBoer's squad's going to make. And if they keep getting these wraparounds and everything else on Wedgwood, you feel like the Flames are going to get the next goal. It almost makes me wonder, if this game goes along, that Dallas might start the press for breakaways because they're just not getting any action in Calgary's end. Yeah, you're right. And, and listen, you made a point of this. You talked about where the scoring is coming from for the Dallas Stars. You think with some of the skill that they have, that strategy might be what they have to go to. You just want to give people like Robo, you want to get uh, Marchman, you want to get Lindell, as much time and space and momentum and skate speed as possible um, and, and just get them into the offensive zone with any semblance of an opportunity. So we might see that strategy, but the Flames doing a great job of bottling things up right in front of Jacob Markstrom. Uh, and on the other side, listen, the Flames have looked good over the past number of shifts. Boy, there's a great shot on the Sportsnet side of Markstrom during the Love timeout, it. giving him a little tap on the helmet to Tanev. But we got to see if the Flames can capitalize while they have momentum. You know it's not going to last forever. You're playing the Dallas Stars. They are going to come with a push. I'm in 100% agreement with you. We're going to see which way this game's going to turn. You got it. So, here we are. It's, boy, Tanev now two blocks away from 1,500 in his career. That is unbelievable as we cross the seven-minute mark here in the second period. The Flames win an ozone draw. Now they have the puck. It's on Blake Coleman's stick. He gets pushed off the puck right there by Harley. I got it right that time, John. There's Thomas Harley, who scored tonight's first goal. And, uh, boy, a little skate trouble right there for Dodonov. Uh, he falls down. Now another Dallas star falls down at center ice and some checking going on. That's Ben. He's getting mixed up with Gilbert right by the Dallas bench. And the whistle has gone here. I don't think we have a penalty. I think it was a puck into the player bench. And Gilbert and Ben having words right here. I will say this because I've known Jimmy Bent at times playing against the Red Wings and the cross check against Larkin. Ben's known to be doing some of those things. He's not Brad Marchand, but he will get under your skin. Yeah, and I think he feels what we were just talking about. This game may still be tied, but the Flames have had a lot of the play in this second period. And uh, Ben saw something he didn't like, and he saw a target. It happened to be Gilbert. He was the nearest man, and they got tied up. So keep an eye on those two as things move forward. And, oh, just a, a little extra replay right here. There was a little bit of shot, of, a shot from Gilbert to White Johnston that maybe uh, takes Ben off right there. So we're back underneath the action here, John. Inside six and a half minutes to go here. Guess what? The Flames once again in the Ozone. Going to hold this thing in with Rasmus at the near point. Drops it off for Kadri. Stays on side. Shot from distance. Bounced off of one of the Dallas Stars' backs. And then Sagan, nope, make that to Matthew Shane. He's able to get us in the neutral zone, but coming right back in with Kadri are the Flames. There's a pass through. He was looking for Pospisil, couldn't find him. Now a deflection opportunity, but Kadri didn't really get much on that thing, so the puck stayed from the blue line on the ice as it made its way toward the crease, and a nice simple save with the left pad by the tender for the Stars. 22 shots now for Calgary. Again, so far just two for Dallas in this period, but they drive into the offensive zone. They were on side. Anathan right there tries to check Robertson, and this puck's going to flutter around Tanev now. Is going to sit back. He's in his defensive position. Heiskin it over right there. Sends the puck from the near boards to far. Gets the puck right back. Now he circles back around. Boy, I've said this a few times. Heiskin blows a tire. He gets right back up, though, and has the puck in the far circle. 
Duke looks for a pass right there, deflects off his skate. Dallas doing a good job right now of keeping a little bit of possession in the offensive zone. Great back pass from the wall, but guess who's in front again on the wrist shot attempt? It's Tanev, big number eight, with his, well, I think that's shot block number 1499 in his career. He may get to 1500 in the next shift. Less than five here to go as the puck is sent in by the Flames from the far boards, and it's going to be gloved down by Wedgwood. Man, it's been the Tanev show on defense in this second period. Yes, it has been. And again, sometimes after the games are done and I type everything up, I'll watch uh, some things on YouTube. I happened to see somebody play NHL 13, and they acquired a young Christopher Tanev on their team, and I see him smile with a full set of chiclets. I never thought he would have 1,500 uh, block shots in his career, but here we are. <laughs> man, oh man, yeah, he has been an absolute warrior. And, uh, you know, we talked about Zadorov tonight. Uh, obviously, I was so happy that uh, that he spent any amount of time with the Calgary Flames. But you know who we uh, don't often give as much credit to as he deserves, and that's mm -hmm. Chris Tanev. I mean, what a career he's had! Uh, just a savvy veteran, and he makes it look easy. Those really, really hard defensive plays, being in the right spot at the right time against offensive opponents that are moving so so quickly and can snap the puck around the ice like it's nothing. Uh, he seems to always be in the right spot, John. Yeah, he's got the right spot, the speed, the wherewithal, the block shots, and the want to. I understand some defensemen play different ways, but to be sacrifice yourself that way, to that extent, for that much time, I mean, that's why he's so damn good, to be honest with you. And he's always going to be close to a top-line top line pairing defenseman. I do want to mention this. Again, I mentioned this a couple times last year with Jason Robertson about time and space, and you're thinking about, you know, they want him to score more goals and this and that. And I think it will come, because again, he's a really young player and he's finding his way. It's a lot easier to shield when you're on the Dallas Stars there, but a couple times off the rush, he had chances right down the middle, when I know he's got a cannon of a wrist shot and he elected to pass. We'll see if he can make the adjustment as we go into the third. Yeah, I know that's a great observation right there, and uh, I'm just going to touch on it briefly as we have a few more seconds here uh, in our commercial break, just checking in in the uh, National Football League. A pretty good contest between the uh, Seahawks in Texas tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. 525 to go in the third. It's first and ten in the red zone for the Cowboys. They're actually down by eight right now. So it's a one-score game, but 28-20, the Seahawks are leading. And DK Metcalf having a huge game, over 130 receiving yards and two scores for the big receiver. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but right now, we got some more action on the ice at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Less than five minutes to go here in the second period. Still have a 2-2 hockey game as after a face-off, puck bounces off the glass and is not touched. So it's an icing call, and we'll bring this back down toward Wedgwood for a face-off. And you have to give Cooper a big shout-out, everybody, when they listen to it, because he's such a boss. He's working here with me when he could be watching that game. So much appreciated. Oh, come on. You know what, man? You know I'd always rather be on this one. <laughs> what kind of friend would, what kind of a, a broadcast partner would I be if I said, I'm taking the night off? You know, I'm just going to watch some football. Heck no, we got two good hockey teams here. You know, the Flames have struggled to start this year. But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe just a hint of turning things around here and a win tonight would certainly go a long way uh, in that effort as we get another stoppage. The, the Stars offside just by a stride or so at the Flames' blue line. Yeah, and I gotta say right now from the Calgary push, I can also give a edge to the goaltender on the Dallas side. Scott Wedgwood, twenty out of twenty-two so far. He's been pretty good, and I didn't even think he was going to start today. Yeah, and you know it's funny. This is kind of what happens to the Flames sometimes. You, they see they have the backup in, and uh, for whatever reason, 
uh, it's just a great it's a good night for those guys <laughs> against the Flames and and uh, that's the way it's gone so far but you know what it's not Calgary it's a credit to these guys look they're they're at this level for a reason Wedgwood is certainly showing it just like those young forwards for the Flames are uh, Pospisil's had a couple couple of good moments in this second and Zary for sure has looked excellent tonight yeah he has there's been a lot to like in this game and it's the intrigue is going to be a lot of fun yes indeed and here's Lindholm uh, he's that uh, that number one center for Calgary. Does what a number one center should do: wins the defensive zone draw. But the Stars do a great job of keeping it in. And here's a whip shot wheeled around right there by Ben. He's been noticeable in this second period for sure in a number of ways. Tries to take a shot right there. And guess what? Fifteen hundred. I just watched it with my own eyes. Chris Tanev blocks a Jamie Ben shot in the high slot. That, if they're counting it right, that should be number fifteen hundred in terms of career blocks. For Chris Tanev, what an accomplishment! There's more to come. Uh, he'll probably get to 15-10 in this game, as we have 30, excuse me, 3:45 to go here in the second. Flames try to pinch that puck against the far boards, but it will squeak out head to the near side where Dallas will send it across. No icing, and it's kicked along right there for a reason that I can't explain. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a stick issue for one of the stars, but it was kicked forward. Goes to the trapezoid. Now bouncing out in front. Flames in a dangerous spot right here. Trying to carry this puck out. It's barely held in just by an inch or so by the stars at the blue line. Now Huberto with it. Going to send this one through to Coleman. Coleman with a nice drop pass through the legs between the skates right there. And it's sent in for a potential cycle for the Flames here as they're doing some good forechecking. Coleman's been active. But this puck will bounce free, and now here come the stars into the neutral zone. Three minutes to go here in the second. Cooper Hopkins alongside John Ott. I got the play-by-play, -play, John, with the good color. And here comes Michael Backlund up the near boards, and he is dispossessed by Marchman at the very last second. Backlund was looking to go backhand, forehand right there, denied the chance to do so. 2.40 on the clock in the second. 2-2 in this well-played hockey game so far. Calgary doing a nice job right there. Here comes Pospisil. He's coming up the near side. With Kadri, the Dallas Stars have numbers back. They will pick that up. It's Hockenpah. Tries to send it forward and does so successfully to Robertson. Going to go cross-ice there toward the player benches. But Noah Hannafin, who was such a big presence during the Flames' power play, he flutters this one along, and it looks like there will be an icing here. Don't know if it touched anybody. I thought it did, John, but uh, guess what? I'm not paid the big bucks like the uh, Stripes are. So we're going to have an icing here and a little face-off. Good shout out for you there for Chris Tanev as we're looking at number 1500. Yeah, just so impressive. And you know what? He's just out there making it look like it's nothing. It's what he's done uh, really his whole career. It's so, so impressive. Uh, we'll see if the Flames can continue a push here as we cut back to the live action. The Flames were able to get the puck out after that face off in their defensive zone. And uh, yes, it is official. 34th player in NHL history to have 1500 career shot blocks. Boy, what a moment. Uh, and like I said, I'll keep repeating it, there are certainly more to come for number eight in red. The centering pass right there by the Flames is uh, denied by a skate. And I believe it's going to be, Ra yes, it is Robertson, tries to carry it and uh, knock that puck off the boards to himself. Good job by Anderson. Boy, he hit, takes a hit right there as he whiffed on an out pass uh, and then eventually gets it off. Now a nice stretch pass through the zone. Here comes Anderson late in the play, tries to snap one over the glove of Wedgwood. And boy, one of the stars go down hard. And here comes Dallas streaking up the near side. Markstrom way out of his net and holding that puck. Eventually 
drops it off for Dubé, who cuts it back. He stopped on a dime. We have 90 seconds to go here in the second. So some back-and-forth action right there between both goalies and uh, multiple skaters for these teams. Again, hotly contested here, no pun intended, as we are covering Calgary and Dallas. And there is a puck sent to Wedgwood's left, picked up by the Flames right there, but Dallas does a good job of closing down. Dubé trying to sneak in and get this thing away and grab some possession, but it's held up at the blue line of Dallas, and now Dubé finds the puck on his stick one minute to go in the second. Boy, the Flames throwing a little bit of a body right there along the glass, but Dubé is the one who's worse for wear. He goes down, and now Dallas will come away with this thing. They have tried the stretch pass, John, really all night long. That one deflected away. Flutters to Markstrom, and this one's going to go to the Flames. They have it at the neutral zone, and that's going to be Sharon Govich now with 40 seconds. He sends it in off the glass. At the end boards, again, 12 shots this period for Calgary. They haven't had one in a few shifts. Only two for Dallas the entire period, but there's less than 30 to go now. Let's see if they can get that number up. They do have the puck. It's sent to the high slot. That one blocked again. This time, surprise, it wasn't, it wasn't Chris Tanev, and now another shot is blocked. My goodness, the Flames absolutely denying their opponents any shooting lanes. It was Mangiapane, the diminutive forward, getting in the way. Now we have eight seconds to go in the second. Puck bouncing in the neutral zone. Here come the Stars for maybe one last push. They have the puck in the far circle, and that one goes high and wide on the glove side. Zeroes on the clock. The green light goes on, John. What a period. The Flames looked so, so good, but we are still tied at two apiece. I know you said that about halfway through the second period, and again, I, I can't agree with you more. A great period for the Calgary Flames, but you think about it in the back of your mind. Even though the Dallas Stars only had two shots on goal in that period, this game is still tied. Anything can happen going into the third period now. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct, and thanks for uh, you know remembering that. Sometimes I don't even remember what I point out, but uh, I know you and I were thinking the same thing. This is great. As a Flames fan, right, trying to stay neutral on the broadcast sure. side, listen, I love what I'm seeing, but the longer you let these excellent teams like the Dallas Stars hang around, especially in your own barn, right, you think, okay, maybe you get a little bit of extra, you know, that home cooking, a little bit of that home crowd push, as long as you let the Dars, excuse me, the Dallas Stars stick around, uh, that's the moments when they could really push through and change this game because like we saw in the first period all it takes is one or two shifts for them at most to flip things on his head but that being said calgary with an excellent second period no goals to show for it but still they look to uh, be the stronger of the two teams if you look at the whole game so far yeah and i want to see how much of that continue honestly i want to see too what adjustments is peter deboer going to make because i think for ryan huska's squad I wouldn't change a thing. All you need is finishing. I understand how hard that that can be. But at the same time, uh, that second period, you and I have seen a lot of these. How many times have we said, Cooper, that the play's been going one way and Calgary's fighting and just trying to get back into the game? It certainly doesn't look like it right now. And I'll take it a step further here. The one power play that they had, they had it in the zone for about a minute and 55 seconds. And who knows, maybe the next power play is going to be big because we've only had one of those. Yeah, you know what, that's actually a great observation. We had a, a completely clean first period, and even though there have been a couple of moments of physicality, I think you and I can both admit this hasn't been a huge checking game, and even when Gilbert and Ben uh, got into each other for, you know, with each other for a moment, it wasn't 
anything extraordinary. You know, those are two hockey players just having a, a back and forth, which you can expect at, at any point in the game. Um, and so it's, it's been really a premium on play in the defensive zone. Uh, the Flames have looked the better of the two teams in that regard, but you still have to give credit to the Stars. They may not have as many blocked shots tonight. They don't have the 1,500 landmark that Tanev just hit, but they still have had the ability, and credit to Wedgwood as well, as we both said in our coverage a few minutes ago, uh, they have still kept the Flames from scoring, and this game is still tied. So that for late first period goal, it looms large. And this is becoming one of those classic contests where is it a next goal wins kind of situation. Yeah, it is. And as you said, I think we can think about this too. When you don't have your A game like the Dallas Stars, so you don't have your, your mark of a good team when you're hanging around and able to keep it within your grasp. Right now in the third quarter, Seattle's got a 28-27 lead over the Dallas Cowboys. Their injuries rolled. It's 2.56 left to go in the third. I do want to ask Cooper a general question of something that happened relatively recently, and this involves the Minnesota Wild. Again, on the Sunday side, when the Red Wings defeated them, I saw Pat Maroon's comments, and he goes, it's not really on the coach. Everybody here in the locker room, we're not getting it done right now. We're losing points in the standings to the point where if we continue this pace, we're probably not even going to make the playoffs. And uh, Dean Edvidson was fired after that, and now John Hines is introduced as the interim coach. I just want to ask you honestly, man-to-man, Cooper, do you think Dean Edvidson should have been let go? I think coaches are part of the job is just taking those blows, right? When, when a team is underperforming, uh, the buck has to stop somewhere. Sometimes, right, if you're at, if you're at the point where, uh, you know, it's been a struggle for many seasons in a row, sometimes you're going to see that buck stop higher, right, when I'm talking about general managers. Um, sometimes uh, it's a little bit lower, right? Sometimes you may see... Uh, Especially, in, this could even outside of hockey, right? It might be a position coach. Uh, it might be an assistant coach who's responsible for a power play, right, in the NHL. Uh, that's where you're really struggling on special teams. But ultimately, um, this is a bit of a cop-out answer. I think that the timing necessitated the move. I think that, that he had to be let go. Um, and, you know, the, the comments are understood. Uh, and there may be disagreement. I'm curious to know what you think. I just think that because of the way this season had unfolded to that point, um, it was not a surprise to me, and it's just about the timing. It's just part of the job, and that's uh, they had to pull the plug on it at that moment. Honestly, I'm going to agree with you about like 95% of it on the way. I think you're absolutely right. It was the timing of it on that side because you didn't want it to go completely south. Because let's be honest, I could ask you the question right now, Cooper, and you could just say yes or no. Did you expect Minnesota to be a playoff team? I, I honestly yes. Yeah. I, I didn't and maybe yeah, that's my simple I won't I won't belabor it. Uh, simply yes is the answer. Yeah, because that's exactly where I'm going with it too. And on that side, for that reason, because they've been falling apart as fast as they have with a long seven game losing streak seven game losing streak at the time you had to make the move. Now, here's the problem for me. The underlining issue is this, and I understand Bill Guerin had to make some moves, and it does go back to Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi and the buyouts. Can you imagine how bad things would be, Cooper, if they didn't have Kirill Kaprizov? What would this Minnesota team even do? No, you know what? That's an incredible question, but it's also a simple question and a fair question. 
Um, I mean, obviously he's a very special player, but uh, as dark as it's been for the Wild right. early, it, it could be a lot, lot worse, don't you think? Yeah, it could. And I mean, a, a lot of that stuff has to come with the salary cap situation. And I know Bill Guerin's doing the best he can do, but this team's going to have to fight up against it for the next probably four or five years until they get out of the dead cap situation between the two big players. And again, you make those moves. I remember back in the college days being at OU on the side of it at Oakland, and I'm thinking, okay, are the wings going to be involved with Parisi and Suter? That's how long ago it was. They go to Minnesota, they go home. Yeah, you get a couple playoff berths, but you get nothing after that, and you still got to pay that long tax after. That's not very fun. And on the other side, I'm looking at the standings, and I saw a couple videos. Again, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I just want to have an open conversation here, a second in the mission, because we haven't worked together in a while. I'm looking at the Ottawa Senators, and I see they have 16 points in the standings, and they're last in the East. But the only thing is, I don't think people will pay attention to this. The Tampa Bay Lightning have just played their 24th game. Ottawa's only played 17. So they still have seven games to make up on that side. 8-9 record doesn't look very good. But we talked about a little bit when we worked with Alec a few weeks ago on that side for Seattle when we all made a call. And we mentioned Jay Woodcroft and the firing and everything that I thought. And I know that they got to get the okay for Jay Woodcroft to be able to get another job. And DJ Smith has been the head coach for Ottawa over the last few years. I know they got Brady Kachuk, they got Tim Stutzla, they got Sanderson, a ton of other talent there. They brought in Jonas Corposalo. You and I admitted we didn't know if that was going to work that way. But they have a ton of games to make up on that side. Things could be different. But I'm kind of wondering, I know they're not talking about this now, whether or not Ottawa should be making a coaching change. Because I have to believe, with or without the Debrinket trade, Ottawa wanted to be in a, a bigger mix than being last in the East. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it's just the situation where you have to, at some point, get results, and you cannot sell right. to your fan, fan base. Um, hey, we're, it's it's going to be next year, everybody. Just hang on. You know, it's at, literally, at some point, you, you just must show progress. And you, unfortunately, listen, not something that you or the Red Wing fan base is all that familiar with with but you've had to live through some lean years right and you've seen those flashes right we talked about the last couple of seasons especially last year you flirt with the playoff spot for a while you see the hope rise and then maybe things fall through a little bit but the red wings are on the i think a trajectory that the ottawa senators would like to be on and frankly the senators should be closer to where the red wings are right now than ottawa is and so i'm not sure if it's a coaching change immediately uh, or if that really even gets the job done, it's it's just like we talked about with the Wild. Um, you know, it's part of the job when you are that person. You have to expect that that could be it could be part of the play by management uh, if things are are going that trajectory. But but if the Senators, who as you pointed out, have only played a relative handful of games, if they can have a nice stretch, if they can win four out of five, four out of six, even three out of five, sure, all of a sudden. You're right in the pack, and you are at least in the conversation and moving past some teams around you and looking up with maybe a two-point cushion at teams right above you who are in that wildcard conversation. So it could change very quickly. Yeah, it could. I just wanted to throw that out there when we're talking about coaches with Dean Evison and then DJ Smith because I said it last year with you, and I know we've worked together a couple of years now on the side of it. That's when Ottawa was bringing in guys like Claude Drew 
and trying to move things and take steps forward. And I still really believe in that young core. And yes, I agree with you. I think that they should be farther along than the Red Wings are on that side, considering, hey, the Red Wings never won anything as far as the draft lottery to get somebody as good as Tim Stutzla. I love my team, but there is nobody as good as him on the Red Wings. Again, I apologize for that. I just have to call it as it is. It's nice to get those players, but at the same time, when you get those players and you bring other players in, there's expectations that need to be had. And not to mention, they just brought in Michael Andauer. They got a new owner in there and everything. So I think things need to start picking up at the Canadian Tire Center. Yeah, you would imagine so, and I think that last point you made is a really important one. I think that when you get a new owner, uh, it could be like any business, and obviously it's uh, the hockey business. Uh, they're going to want to see results with whatever they've purchased, and if they're not getting the results that they thought they were going to get when they made that purchase, well, you can expect some changes uh, in the in the staff and, and in the uh, roster. So, uh, you know, you're, you're an intelligent man, John, when it comes to the game of hockey, and I think that you're seeing things potentially in the future, and really only the players and those coaches uh, have the ability to change those fortunes and try to uh, just climb back a little bit in the standings. I think even jumping one or two teams could make a big difference. Uh, it doesn't have to be you know a six-game winning streak as they catch up in terms of games played. I think just a few wins here uh, to put them in the conversation could, could make a big difference. I think so, too. I want to shift to the west side because I'm thinking about some teams that have kind of fallen a little bit and some teams that have kind of percolated a little bit. One I definitely got wrong as far as our predictions were the LA Kings. They're 13-4-3 and and they're absolutely dominating. Pierre Dubois has done enough. They're starting to win some games at home, but they're still a perfect 9-0 and on the road. So definitely got that one wrong with the LA Kings, but honestly, Cooper, on this side, my dark horse was the Nashville Predators. What's going on with them? They've won six in a row. Yeah, all of a sudden the Preds are on fire, and, uh, you know, the Kings uh, here in my neck of the woods in Los Angeles. L listen, I, I think we both expected them to uh, be playoff caliber, but you know what? I, I was uh, seeing on Instagram today the, the, the top 16, the, the teams on, on the NHL account, and guess who was number two? The uh, black and silver yeah. of the LA Kings, and I think that spot is earned. Uh, they have looked really, really good, and yeah, that Dubois tweet. That, <laughs> I was about to say Dubois tweet. <laughs> sound like that Looney Tunes character over here, John. It's supposed to be a professional. What's going on? But the PLD trade has looked really, really good, and I think you and I were both a little weary. I think we were both thinking, you know, what? What are they going to get? This is a player that usually wants out of the situation, but you know what? He's playing with veterans. He's playing in a great city. Uh, a great franchise, and uh, he has stepped up his game. And uh, look, he's not the only one. The, the ageless Kopitar still yes. doing what he does, and the Kings now have that youth that's maturing at the right moment. They could really make some noise as this uh, season gets further down the line. And let me take a wild guess, a wild stab at from what you saw at number one. Is it the blue shirts? You you were looking at the top teams in the NHL from what you said. At number two was the Black and Silver and the Kings, but was number one the Rangers? Oh yes, John. Come on, it's you knew it. You didn't have to ask. It's the <laughs> Rangers for sure. They have uh, looked so so strong, and and you know that's a team we've had so much fun covering them when we get the chance to. And obviously, we remember that we always reference it that that playoff uh, series from a couple years ago. And you know what? They've just been right around it. They keep uh, they talk about teams that make noise in the playoffs. The Rangers have been there. They've been close. I'm thinking back to that Devils-Rangers series. 
uh, is this uh, maybe a year? Are we getting ahead of ourselves, John, and thinking that the Rangers could uh, take it to the mountaintop this time? I was kind of wondering before when we were doing our shows of whether or not the core was getting too old, but then I have to ask you this on this side. Was Peter, Peter Laviolette the right guy for the job? Because it certainly seems like they're playing for him. Yeah, no question about it. If after all this discussion of coaches, something's going right there. And, you know, look, it's a long season. We're only partway through here. But, uh, yeah, that's a great observation. I think that there's something to be considered there. And, uh, and he is motivating that squad and uh, their play. It shows on the ice. They, they, they have that number one spot in the NHL's official Instagram, at least, official rankings of uh, the top teams right now. So right now, I'm looking at it. You know them in the Pacific Division. The top goal-scoring team in the NHL is the Vancouver Canucks. I know it's a blood rival of yours, but what have you liked? What have you not liked? I think Rick Tockett's done a pretty decent job over there, my friend. Yeah, you know what? I think that it's... Here's what I've, what I've liked the most. Um, the fact that they have basically let their stars lead the way uh, and, and, and pretty much put everyone on notice. This is a team that has been so forgettable, right, John? They just, they haven't really been in the mix. Last year, you can make an argument, yeah, they were flirting, could have made a push, could have made a little little bit of a run to get, a, a, you know, catch that last wild card spot. Uh, they were in the conversation. I remember covering those Flames games as we watched them kind of uh, just flail to the end of the season. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks were in the chat. They were in the chat. Yeah. And this time, just what I've liked is the fact that they have taken ownership, I think, of their own destiny. Uh, this feels like a team that is not going to fade this time. Um, they have really not even been in the conversation. And then when they have been, I don't know. I don't know if we really took them seriously. I'm not sure the hockey world fully took them seriously. But uh, from the coaching to the way they handle their offense, uh, John, it's a, it's a dangerous team, and I don't expect it to change. I see them continuing to uh, to push through, and uh, and I expect them to at least win. I, I'm jumping way ahead. I would expect them to at least win a playoff round this year. I, I feel like that could be the case. You and I have been talking about them for years, but you've been a little bit farther ahead than I have because you followed the Pacific Division so closely as you should. Let me get to some other finals. This is actually a big one for another blood rival on that side. The Oilers get a 3-1 victory over the Jets, who have been really good this season. Take a look at that. Ryan McLeod gets his first. Leon Dreisel on the power play. Darnell Nurse. Three unanswered goals in the third period. Connor Hellebuck stops 36 out of 38. But Stuart Skater, that's got to be one of his best starts of the year, stops 25 out of 26 in the win. Yeah, and you know what? Don't look now. Uh, but I actually saw those replays that you were just describing uh, on the Sportsnet side here during our intermission. And dare I say it, uh, that looked like the Oilers team that I think more of we were expecting a little more of. Um, you know, they still have just the nine wins, 12 losses. We get it. We get it. But uh, as we pointed out, teams can grab, just like we talked about with the Canucks a moment ago, teams can grab on to what they they believe their destiny should be. And the Canucks grabbed it early, and I don't think they're going to let go. The Oilers, for whatever reason, did not. They were far from it. But with games like they played tonight, uh, against a decent Jets team, yes. uh, I'm just going to say that 
they seem to have a, a different kind of pace. They seem to have a little bit more confidence around the net. And if you're going to get play like that from Skinner, that can change the game in a big way. Absolutely. Again, the Predators win streak. That ends 6-1 win for the Wild. They get a badly needed win there. Blues take a 6-4 win over the Sabres. The Islanders, their record kind of sounds like the Flames at times. 9-7-6, they win 5-4 from last year. Uh, do you want to split this third period? Yes, uh, I think that's a good plan. We can see, you know what, we'll see how the game goes. If the Flames just fall off a cliff here, I'll, I'll just let you ride it out and I'll uh, drown in my own tears. But the puck drop here for the third period is coming up, and uh, if you want to jump on it, John, go for it. All right, so I'll jump on and then we'll get you the rest of the news and caught up. We've had some good intermission discussions, still got some scoring updates. As this is sent back around the inboards again, and Cooper, thank you for being here with me on this side. It's been a lot of fun per usual. As this is dumped down, and Noah Hannafin will take a look at it. It's Jacob Markstrom now for number 55. As we'll take a long flip, we'll see if the Flames can push this the other way. They really took care of that second period, but again, the score line stayed the same. I'm the one that called all the goals so far. Cooper Hopkins needs a goal call for the uh, Sea of Red. As this is flipped in here for Wedgwood, and now for Yanni Hockenpah. As this will go left right for the Dallas Stars there in the road whites with the black pants and the victory green trim. It's a sea of red mixed in between the yellow and white there for the Calgary Flames. As this is recollected up the backhand across the flaming sea, Coleman. Sitting here for Jonathan Huberdo, who will waft the pass near the left side boards and pick it up now. As it was back when was the one that delivered it. Now the Stars will start it in their own end as Wedgwood takes a look into the neutral zone now. Getting the Donov off the drop as this will be spin and held near the right side boards, but I love the way that Calgary has also played in their own end. Attention to detail, getting the puck out quick. Nazem Kadri, full flight, backhand. Here's a drop to the right side wall. Late arriving, Jordan Osterleif fires it through the traffic as it's blocked by Hockenpah. And then off the backhand, it's Hannafin near the left side blue line. It'll shovel it in deep and behind the cage of Wedgwood, a centering pass from Kadri gets knocked off. Pospisil trying to use the body near the left side boards. Leave it here for Hannafin. Hannafin high into the traffic. It's an outstretched pass. Here's a break opportunity. Pavelski, I think it's knocked down. Somebody got knocked down. Marchment, it's a tripping call against Calgary. John, I just wanted to make sure I saw this correctly, and I also think our games are uh, in sync now. Do we have a penalty shot coming up right here for Marchment? I'm not sure if it's a penalty shot, but didn't I say in the third period side, you better look out for some of these breaks. Got right down the middle there for Marchman. That could definitely be called. I saw a hand pointing to the dot. It looks like Marchman is the only one out on the ice right now. He's talking to Robo, his teammate, at the bench, wiping off the visor. It was Chris Tanev, and he was beaten on that stretch pass. It's going to be a penalty shot for Marchman, John. I'll let you take this thing. Wasn't expecting this, but it's an odd Hopkins hockey game now. Here we go. So Marchman got the latest goal at 19 minutes of the first. Now he's got a penalty shot opportunity. Can he go two for two in this game? Right wing side, middle of the slot. Let's go, Stars! Mason Marchman on the penalty shot, and the Stars take the lead. Wow, that is an incredible ripped wrist shot right there. And, boy, Tanev had no choice. Chris Tanev has had such a good game for the Flames. I don't think he had any other choice but then to try to do what he did on Marchman during that breakaway that led to the penalty shot. And uh, Marchman right there winds up from the high slot and just fires a laser under Markstrom's glove. It is now 3-2. This is what we talked about, John. 
huge second period for Calgary, and we're only uh, less than two minutes into the third. All of a sudden, the visitors have the lead. That is what we talked about. I thought we both hit the nail on the head on that side. Now, all of a sudden, Calgary is up against it. Mason Marchman got a pair of goals. It wasn't that long ago last year they were wondering about his ice time and if he could deliver. Well, Mason Marchman's got two goals for the Stars here as the Flames ice it. Yep, and that penalty shot, you know what? There's something to be said for being confident, keeping it simple, and just putting some mustard on that shot. He fires a seed right to the netting. Marchman couldn't get the glove down in time, closed that gap between the blocker and the trapper as we see the replay there. Yeah, Tanev really had no choice. So the Flames were completely beaten on that breakaway. And 3-2, that's the result. So we will do this draw again. Rizuchka is the one that's still going to stay in the dot. We'll see who it is for Dallas on that end. Again, Calgary 21-14 shot board advantage, but now Dallas has taken the lead as Mason Marchman scored a second. This time on the penalty shot, Fox up. Send it across for Niels Lundqvist, so bottom line's out there for Peter DeBoer's squad. As Dallas now out in front, they're trying to take a 2-1 lead in the season series. It'll be the final game. They've met three times in the month of November. Flub puck, it's Dubé now. As this is right down the middle for A.J. Greer. His outstretched stick will go to Wedgwood. He didn't play that one clicking, and again, for Wedgwood, it's fine right now. He's got the lead, but I don't really see confidence with that puck play right now. As this is picked up off the backhand, Dennis Gilbert trying to pry it loose near the right side of the wall. It's Greer. His sauce can't find Dubé. And this will be the right side blue line for Dallas. Outstretched near the right side wall, Robo will spin and turn. Markstrom now will settle it down. Tanev, he gets hit pretty good. Stays on his feet. Pavelski pried it loose. Robertson and Markstrom will fall on it. Yeah, John, so we are seeing uh, what, I, I don't think we predicted it outright, but uh, again, this we talked about, we always talk about narratives, we talked about a few narratives tonight, mm -hmm. uh, and this has become one now where the Flames, they have the run of play, and all of a sudden, in one or two shifts, we've literally said that phrase, haven't we, in one yeah. or two shifts, the Stars, they make you pay, if you cannot get that lead, they are an elite team, they will come right back, and that's what they have done. Only 14 shots, but they're up 3-2. Yeah, we'll see what answer the Flames can provide here. Again, they have not played a bad game. And some of these games that they've lost lately that I've watched, Flames have actually played pretty well, even in that game against the Avalanche, where they didn't end up pulling out a victory on the weekend side. But now it's the Dallas Stars. Again, they've been dealing with a lot of central action lately. Alongside with the Nashville Predators, is this flipped around for Hockenpah. And across the flaming sea now, great skate there for Robo. This time he doesn't like to shoot. Now he throws the body out there, try to pry the puck loose, and Majapani will kiss it off the glass, but this goes in the crowd on a play. Yeah, and so here's what we're seeing, at least uh, in my estimation, John. So after that breakaway from Marchment that, of course, leads to the penalty and the penalty shot, uh, which, boy, I'm trying to remember, my friend. We've done a number of games together. I can't remember exactly. Has there been a penalty? Have we covered a penalty shot? Maybe one. Maybe one before. But uh, this is certainly only one that I can remember. And uh, the Flames, the, the play's gotten a little choppy here. A lot of stoppages. Flames not really getting into the flow yet, though there is still 6.20 to go. I'm stepping all over your toes. Back to the play-by-play, -play, my friend. Oh, Cooper, I'm going to ask you a question and then get back into it. I know it was the first game that we did back in the... Uh, Flames sided for the settle dump, but Johnny Gaudreau got a penalty shot in the Flames' win. Oh, my God. See, this is why I need you around, pal. You have the memory. You have the <laughs> knowledge. 
<laughs> you have a steel trap of a mind in all ways, but especially when it comes to hockey. What a memory. And there's a snapshot right there by the Flames, trapped down by Wedgwood. As, uh, I'll give you back play-by-play -play duties with just under 16 to go here in the third. Flames need one to tie this thing. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that with Johnny Gaudreau with a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The last one that I can remember at least, but again, it doesn't happen very often on that side. Again, good traffic out in front as Backlund's trying to find a screen for Wedgwood. Try to push him out of the way, did Scott? Yeah, they had a little, little exchange there. Just a little uh, forward goalie uh, back and forth. But oh, interesting here on the Sportsnet side, Wedgwood's actually 0-3, excuse me, 0-3-0. and 0 against the Flames in his career. has never won against Calgary. That uh, is least in position to change right now. Face-off win in the O-Zone for the Flames. The shot is right on. And again, I steal play-by-play -play duties from John. That was Tanev who put one in the breadbasket of Wedgwood. Another save on the Flames' 24th shot of the night. Well, I think we saw the same thing there, and you might have saved me because I appreciate it because Sportsnet uh, feed was starting to freeze. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is a, a strange night. Normally, I'm the one with the technical difficulties, but uh, you got one on your scorecard tonight. So we're back underneath the action, though, and uh, jump back in. I can always save you if you need me to, but you got this thing. So Hannafin, he lets a shot go. Here's a chance off the rush, and this goes high off the right side wall. It's good active stick chops. Connor Zeri. Good drop pass. This will be Hannafin now. Find the entry for Kadri. Well, Flutter went across. It was going to be a tough catch nonetheless. Zeri trying to provide a stick at it alongside Pospisil. And now this is near the right side dot. Zeri off the backhand. He's patient. Working his way off the forehand now. Right side in the high slot now. Rasmus Anderson. He can certainly get the offense going. Keeps it in there. Zeri. Good pass. How is that not a penalty call? As this is sent the other way, Flames still have it. It's Weger near the right side, not looking for a backhand short side, and Kadri has it. It's Mackenzie Weger right side, dot fake. The slapper sent it across. Sharangovich now Nazem Kadri by the gauge wraparound, and Wedgwood says no. Boy, a couple of things here, John. That is, first of all, the best offensive shift for the Flames in this period for sure and even with the second period they had this that was one of the better shifts of cycling and maintaining possession in some time and then Kadri with his best play of the game gets his stick free tries to wrap hard to the far post on the backhand Wedgwood reads it perfectly plays it like a 1A goaltender and stones him like what I'm seeing right now again I can't Help but mention that second line, that Connors area line with Kadri and Pospisil. I think they make things happen. I really like that. I'm sure Ryan Huska does as well. This is cleared hard off the glass. Is this going to be iced against Markstrom? Yes, it is. Yeah, boy, I'm just going back, John, to that, uh, that wraparound attempt. The Flames have done that a few times tonight. You know, that's got to be something that they work on. Obviously, it's a... It's in the bag of, of any NHL forward, but some like it more than others. Kadri, we see him do that from time to time, and boy, he made that look good. And if Wedgwood overplays it, comes to that near post too hard, that's a 3-3 game, but great stop by the Stars netminder. So Elias Leno and Joe Pavelski, a pair of assistant captains, trying to get the draw, and it's Elias, the one that wins it clean. Rasmus Anderson, good touch pass. Back in the defensive end, again, I've seen the entries for both of these teams look pretty clean at times. And knowing exactly what they want to do in the offensive end. This has been a well-played game. But Mason Marshman's got the definitive answer right now. The penalty shot turned over. And this is a couple stick lifts to deny Majapani with a sure chance right in the middle of the slot. 
Here's a bounce pass, nicely played in between the skates and Joe Pavelski. And they're just getting the red line and fire it down. Jacob Markstrom will settle it. Here for Noah Hannafin. And flip this pass across. See what happens about gaining the entry. Chris Tanev will go ahead and do so. Go ahead and take his change. Jonathan Uberdo. Pendell stars against the wall. And behind the cage, trying to pry it loose off a hit. Turnaround shot gets blocked. Got to be careful here. This could be an opportunity off a one-on-one. -on -one. Hits the outside of the post. 13.30 left to go in the third. Dallas now has it off a chance. And this is played by Calgary. Jonathan Uberdo able to get this one down. And Essa Lindell will put it in across the red line. Some end-to-end -end action. Dallas has come pretty close, but they do have the lead now. Roddick Foxa, Sam Steele, takes down one of the Flames. Good work there to get right back up and get into the play. Here's a fluttering pass, but this goes just too far for Mackenzie Wager. He's got a back pedal. And across the red line, this we get flipped in now. Wager almost turns it over right in the middle of the slot. But the Flames are there to provide some support. It's Paz Pistol. Kadri. Kadri gets upended near the referee and will knocked him into the player's bench as we still press on. Pospisil. Pass the middle of the slot. This one gets blocked up high as it's Connor Zeri trying to get a stick up near the left side dot. Kadri pries it loose. It's center out. Here's a broken twig. Tanev gets back on the ice. It's shot might have hit that stick that was on the ice as it's 12.25 thereabouts. Left to go in the third. Drawn on here alongside Cooper Hawkins. It's been a very entertaining contest. Niels Lundqvist fire it in. Calgary will play it back in their own end and look to start again. So go Flames go chant right now at Scotiabank Settle Dome and probably some ref chants as well on that side. As it's Sharonkovich, Majapani on the forehand, he's driving, he scored a goal that looks similar like this as it's Sharonkovich now. And with Majapani, it's stuck in between both of them. Good work by Lindholm. Now that stick is right in the middle of that circle. you got to be careful there. That could stop anything the Flames are trying to do. But now with the puck out of play, they can clean up the mess. Yeah, John, now it's officially a Hopkins and Ott hockey production. We have sticks on the ice that are coming into play. Uh, and boy, oh boy, we get the replay on the Sportsnet side. Markstrom looking behind his right shoulder as that snapshot comes through. Rings off the iron. Goalie's best friend right there. That's the only reason this is still a one-goal game. And I look, I'm not trying to be a homer as we hit the commercial break. I think there have been not one, not two, but three potential penalty calls that could have resulted in power plays for the Flames that went unwhistled. Uh, we had a high stick and a couple of different trips that I saw. Yeah, Connor Zeri was the latest one that I saw on there. And you're right, it called one of the trips during the play-by-play, -play especially two. So I'm right there with you. We're almost at the halfway point now, so if you want to just take the switch and finish the game off, more than welcome to do so, my friend. This is going to be a good one. I expect it to be tight. I'm going to go ahead and say OT. Well, I like that confidence. I mean, the stars are hanging on here, and like we said, it could have easily been a double of that lead. Uh, it could have been 4-2 if it weren't for that post. Uh, if you don't mind, John, if you just want to go through those last couple of scores that we missed, I just need to uh, exit for a moment. I will be right back, and we'll jump back into this thing. Okay. So in the first period, that was the most of our goal scoring at 451. It was Thomas Harley, his fourth from Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson. Good pass from Pavelski in the middle of the slot. Got Harley wide open. He finished it off. And then Tanev, after a great drive from Andrew Majapani behind the cage, he takes a shot. It bounces off a Dallas body. goes in. Flames tie the game at 1. 15-30 marker. Much of the same, another bounce off in front of a Dallas body, but 
Calgary made it happen, pushing the puck in the offensive end. Hannafin is fifth from Coleman and Backlund. Three straight defensive goals. Mason Marchman, 19-minute marker of the first. His fifth from Miro Haskinen and Tyler Sagan as he ripped the shot. Past Markstrom, nothing in the second when Cooper called that side. And then 149, it was a Tanev trip. They had to do it as Marchman broke right down the middle of the ice. Got his sixth and his second of the game on a penalty shot.
penalty shot from a nice breakaway that led to the Marchman sniper goal. And here comes Zeri from the dot on the near side. This one is loose in front. Wedgwood can't find it. He's been handcuffed multiple times tonight. Not able to catch that thing in the trapper. And now we have the plate whistle down, John. I think it's going to be the second power play of the game. A slash against Sam Steele with a boy, fantastic, almost Sam Bennett-esque mustache right there. Tell me what you're seeing on your side, my friend. Back and forth action right there. Oh my goodness, Tyler Sagan and Matt Duchesne, that back pass between the legs was something spectacular, but Jacob Markstrom says, I'm going to make two marquee saves and keep my team in the game and also get a power play for Calgary. Oh, John, I'm taking a breath, and I mean, I don't listen, even if these were two neutral teams right there, that looked like a video game, <laughs> you don't see that every day, that was incredible skill, not only did we get one backhand pass to center it, toward the slot. We got the second backhand pass consecutively. Yes. But Marshall comes across two huge stops. That was a big sequence. That was absolutely incredible. Let's give you another scoring update. Dallas Cowboys have the ball, but they are down 35-30 with 5.20 left to go in the fourth. Geno Smith, 20 out of 32, 291 yards with three touchdowns and a pick. Dak Prescott, 287 with two touchdowns. Yeah, we both have been keeping an eye on that game. That's uh, a really competitive one. 5.20 to go in the fourth uh, in the red zone are the Cowboys. I think they're 15 yards out. Uh, boys, the big receivers just having huge nights for both squads. Uh, C.D. Lamb looking great for Dallas and Metcalf absolutely going off for Seattle. Three touchdowns for number 14 in blue, 134 yards. And on the other side, that's uh, C.D. Lamb. 12 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, it's going to go down to the wire. Could be who has the uh, the, the ball last. As uh, Now, driving are the Cowboys. They're down to the seven-yard line, second and two. If they score here, they'll take the lead. We will see what happens. The Seahawks really need this thing to stay in the playoff race. Anyway, uh, I'm just talking too much about the Seahawks. <laughs> How about Jacob Markstrom tonight keeping his team in this game? That was about as good as it gets as far as stopping the puck. Those are the two best saves of the game, bar none. Again, I talked about it in the first power play opportunity, as you see this slash against Majupani, took the stick out of the hand. Gave a lot of space for the Flames here. We'll see if they can make an adjustment, they push in a little bit more and get more shots. Yes, indeed. So, Kadri loses the offensive zone draw on this power play, but then the Flames do a great job of checking down low, going to get this possession back. They're 0 for 1 tonight on the power play, though. It was a very productive one. They had four shots and held possession in the O-zone almost the whole time. Now, a big slapper comes out from the blue line, I should say, to behind the net. Hawk and Paw gets into it right there with Huberto, and they fall into the net. It comes off its moorings, so we will get a stoppage right here. Again, as you said, the face-off is going to be ultimately important here. I like the power play line there and the mix between Zari and Kadri. Huberto in there as well. This could be the best last chance of the game there for the Calgary Flames. They've had the puck possession. They've had shots. But again, I'll just go back to it. That first power play was a lot of shots, a lot of work. they got to get in a little bit closer. I think they'll tie it up. Yep, and uh, thanks to the Sportsnet stats folks, uh, the Dallas Penalty kill has uh, been entirely successful against the Flames this year, except for one. Uh, the Flames are one of nine against the Stars in their meetings so far. Less than a minute and 20 now in the man advantage for the home team. 7.25 on the game clock. And yeah, you're right, John. Even though there looks to be a little bit of a cushion left on that uh, that game 
game clock. It's going to go quickly, uh, and the Flames have to capitalize here, especially with so few penalties called and the Stars playing so well at even strength. So half the power play gone now, just as I say that. 55 seconds to go. The Flames look for a back pass in the O-zone. It flutters over to Kadri. He's going to get it to Hannafin. Hannafin playing that quarterback up near the blue line, going to get it across. There's a snapshot. The rebound comes out off the blocker, and Kadri couldn't settle it. He did have about a half a net open, and he had a shot. Would he have been able to settle that bouncing puck? Unable to do so off the tough carom. And now here come the Flames to the neutral zone on the stick of Zeri, getting some power play time. Going to try to carry this thing down low, but he is dispossessed and a good full ice length clear right there. All the way back down to Markstrom. And a little bit of forechecking from White Johnson was on the PK for the Stars. So 15 seconds now. This has been a very different power play than the first one for Calgary. Zeri doing a good job holding the puck at the near boards, looking for a teammate, holding, holding. Going to go back to Uyghur now. Now back to Zeri. Zeri from the face-off circle. Going to send this one in, and a shot from Mangiapane way up between the circles goes skying over the crossbar, and now we are back at even strength. So Steele comes out of the box, and Wedgwood gets into position, stops a wrister from Captain Michael Backlund with the glove. Makes that one look easy. No fumbling there. And with their 30th shot, the Flames still just with two goals, John. Three goals for the Stars. The ever-important one-goal lead still intact. And I was wondering, as we talked about with the Flames power play, what adjustments would we see from the kill line there for the Stars? Well, you saw that. A little bit more press, a little bit more to deny shooting lanes for the Flames. Not as much wheeling and dealing there on that power play. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The Stars are really locking things down here. So, they, like I said, they've been doing it at even strength, and they did it right there on special teams, killing that penalty, the second against them tonight. Uh, Flames, it's worth mentioning, no penalty so far. Uh, 5.40 to go here in the third. Uh, they're not thinking about special teams. They're thinking about anything, just getting something special uh, in any way in the offensive zone as they get possession right here. It looks like Manjipani was offside there. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. He takes a stride into the offensive zone well too early. Play will be whistled down here, John. Five minutes, 31 seconds to play. Okay, we're going to get that commercial break. What are your thoughts, my friend? Do the Flames have a chance here, or are the Stars just locking it down too hard? They look like they're locking it down right now as we're going into our final TV timeout. And a good marker for the Stars to point out from the Sportsnet crew is in their 8-1-1 record that they've had on the road, they've given up two goals or less trying to make it 9-1-1 one, one on the season if they can hold on to this one goal lead. But yeah, the Flames are in a situation now where they're going to have to press a little bit and make an answer to Dallas's defensive prowess. We'll see if they can do it. Yep, yeah, and you know what? Since we got the break and since we have been making uh, so much about that uh, Thursday night football game, it's been a good one. They're not always great, but... Uh, but it is a 38-35 lead now for the Cowboys. First and 10 for the Seahawks after the kickoff with 4.37 to play. Uh, Seahawks have two timeouts, Cowboys with all three. Those you would assume would come into play here. So the Seahawks, if they can get a drive put together and uh, at least get a field goal, they would tie this thing. Uh, another touchdown, boy, it could be by Metcalf. What if he has four tonight? That would be just unbelievable. But definitely a good uh, football game going on. But you know what? This game, no slouch, John. It's, it's another great matchup between the Flames and Stars. It's been a good contest. Yeah, at least I can feel good that this game wasn't a complete dumpster fire because I'd feel bad because it looks like you're missing a classic football game. 
I don't have Amazon Prime, so you're going to have to give me the uh, radio highlights if anything happens. I'll try to keep an eye on it, but no way. Listen, I, I, I'm not kidding. I wouldn't take this chance. I, I wouldn't toss it away. You know, I, I love the Seahawks. Uh, I'm a Seattle sports <clears throat> guy, but, um, you know, this is a, a really fantastic contest, as I think, between the Flames and Stars, as I think we knew it would be. Um, and I don't mind, regardless of what happens here, I do not mind at all uh, taking this evening and, and spending it with you. This has been a good one. I appreciate it, my friend. Let's get a Flames victory. Don't got a lot of time left. Okay, you can hear it. I just knocked on wood. So from your from your mouth to the hockey gods' ears, and now the Flames have it in the offensive zone. It's on Tanev's stick. He was going to try to get a wrister off right there from up top in the circle, but he had to circle back, and now Backlund has the puck. I've said circle a couple of times. I said back a couple of times. And now guess who has it? It is Michael Backlund. Now Jonathan Huberdeau will pick up, and on his forehand sends it across to Hannah and flutters one in, and John, yes. he just scored. It is the Calgary Flames tie of this game. Late in the third, 5:01 on the clock. It is 3-3, and they are getting it done. John is another huge contest between these two squads. So if you knock again, does that mean we get another goal? The captaincy finds a way to get it done. It was good work for the Flames. They keep it in toward the right side faceoff dot, just trying to pry it loose. And right in the high slot off of a tipping deflection there, Backlund. That is perfect. As Hannafin lets it go, Backlund's right there. No chance for Wedgwood. Top of the barn in. Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. Backlund put veteran presence in front, and he got high-sticked on the play by Iskinen. But uh, says, you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter, my friend. I'm going to put the middle of my stick shaft right in the lane of this shot, and it's going top shelf. I thought that was Hennepin's goal, but great read by you. That was uh, Backlund with the deflection up high over Wedgwood's glove. Ties this game, but, John, it yep. wouldn't be without some drama, right? This is a, a, a moment that we should have expected. It's a John Odd Cooper Hopkins production. We do have a little bit of a conversation going on at the Stars bench with one of the referees. Is there any reason why this should be taking place? I didn't see anything initially, my friend, as far as what we got, but Peter DeBoer was talking about it. They're looking at it with Backlund now. Uh, referees are still looking at this right now, so we're not sure yet if this goal is going to stand. Wow, so I think I just caught that off of your audio, John. Do you want to catch us up? Uh, the referees are uh, looking at this. There is an official coach's challenge. It looks like they're challenging a hand pass. Now that, okay, let's just review this uh, because I believe we both have it uh, pretty much locked down the way the hand pass rule goes. So at any point during the offensive possession, right, for the Flames, if a hand pass continues uh, their control of play or their control of the puck, that can be challenged by the coach. Am I getting that correct? Yes, and that could essentially blow this play dead and put the goal as null. Interesting. You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So we are reading that correctly, at least in terms of uh, the way the rule is written. Uh, and I'm seeing it's going to be a challenge as we get the Sportsnet replays here. Looked like a clearing attempt by Haskinen as Huberto throws a nice check right there. Puck flutters off of the corner glass. And was it Backlund reaching for the puck and then ultimately passing it to himself? I'm trying to see. It looks like it bounced off of his glove then off the glass maybe off the dasher that seems like a lot of bounces to me but i'm not sure about the rule 
in its exact description. Uh, any thoughts from you, my friend? I no. know I'm not, uh, I'm not describing that too well. It, no, it would. No, you would be right. But the only thing is, after it goes off the glass, I saw it hit the back of Backlund's right leg. That is legal. He just couldn't take the puck and glove it down with his hand. It doesn't look like he did that. I think we should have a goal here. Yep, and I'm going to, if you want to, go ahead and turn your audio up here. We're going to get the call. All right, so we're going to get the official call here in a moment. They're calling a hand pass. It looks like we're not going to have a goal. My goodness. Wow. That, uh, well, listen, that is a tough pill to swallow right there. I, maybe it's because of my naivete. I do not agree with that call. That certainly looked like he never had the puck in his glove. Uh, no. Deflected off of his arm or his fingers and bounced off the glass. Uh, there's too much going on there, really, for me to think that's a direct hand pass. That's, that's a really rough call, John. Cooper, in all honesty, just looking at this as objective as I can, I don't even know how you can overturn that, to be honest. Yeah, that is a, a, a really wild turn of events. I mean, I guess if I'm trying to be positive and keep this thing neutral, uh, credit to the coaching staff, uh, the video team on the Stars side. As here comes Zary. He's in the circle, tries to back this thing up on the back end, going to send it around to the trapezoid. We're back in play. John and I still a little bit stunned by that turn of events right there as Dubé swings it around the end boards. Going to go to Kadri, tries to go right back to Rasmus Anderson, but a good skate right there by one of the stars, and Dallas will take over. Yeah, John, I cannot imagine why. Now, hang on, i got to keep playing this game. So Dubé, he actually does a good job on the forecheck, holds the puck in momentarily until it's cleared by Dallas. Weaker now back to chase it down for the Flames. Zeri's still out there. He tries to stick handle around some of the stars. Now, here come the Flames. They look extra motivated right now. This game should be tied. But somehow it is not a controversial overturn right there. The video team for the Stars saw the potential hand pass. My goodness. Uh, apparently someone in Toronto in the control room did as well. As There's Hannafin with a wrist shot right on, but turned aside pretty easily by Wedgwood's right pad. Under four minutes to play now. Almost twice as many shots for the Flames as the Stars at 31-16. But the Flames are still down by a count of 3-2. to two. Now Markstrom... Way out of his net here, he picks up the puck in the right circle, and it's going to go to Backlund. Backlund, who should be the goal scorer, uh, he was denied by a coach's challenge. Once again, uh, a very controversial series of events here is Rasmus Anderson going to backhand this one along to Lindholm. Now Lindholm gets it over to Backlund. Backhand tried to backhand and cross ice and bounced off Weger. Weger's going to hold it. He skates it in. Back pass right there! And Lindholm oh. stops what should have been the tying goal. Coleman streaking in. How did he save it, John? I have no idea how he slid from the left to the right post, but that's essentially the game right now in a nutshell. Flames should have one. Flames probably could have a two-goal lead at that point. Wedgwood, he must have just guessed from left to right. That is a gorgeous pass from Weger. Colvin tries to lift it, and Wedgwood says no. Oh, my goodness. That, uh, that is just a, a boy. Talk about back-to-back -back tough pills to swallow. One, thanks to the referees, and uh, one, just thanks to your opponent. Wedgwood has been... Fantastic tonight. You have to say, look, Markstrom has made some beautiful saves. This game could have been far more in favor of Dallas, but Wedgwood right there basically keeps the win intact for his team. Now less than three to go. 
doorstep, unable to put that thing away. What a pass from Uyghur to Blake Coleman, not able to convert. Now, right, uh, excuse me, right now, here come the Flames. They are in the offensive zone. That one, boy, just barely held in. And John, have the hockey puck <laughs> hurt us? After all the controversy, Uyghur from distance ties it a three. Cooper, you cannot be serious. That actually went in. There's no way that Peter DeBoer is challenging this. I'm going to lose my lid. Mackenzie Weger, he did it against the Vegas Golden Knights. Can he do it again? That is insane. John, uh, thank you for letting me take the play-by-play. Take the -play. That puck is sent in from the very back of the blue line. Barely. We're getting a replay right here. Yep, it's cleanly held in by... It's in. sync up and do this game because Flames should definitely be ahead but Mackenzie Wigger man he's playing the hero over the last couple but honestly the Flames have played a great game and it deserves well, to be I, the score one as it is of course and I, I have to say it puts a smile on my face the hockey gods I think recognize that hand pass call was probably not the right one and they immediately rectify the situation of floater from the blue line as far back as you can get, basically, in the offensive zone, that one finds the net pass Wedgwood. The assist will go to Huberto. And uh, that is another goal by a defenseman tonight, John. It's incredible. What a game it's been for the blue liners on both sides. Two minutes to go now. 34 shots, Calgary. 16, Dallas. Again, Flames doing such a great job of keeping the shot count low for their opponent. But it's 3-3. Drama ensuing here at the Saddle Dome as Backlund trying to fight off a stick check right there, unable to do so. Stars take over possession, send it into the neutral zone. Good checking right there. I believe that is Zeri. I think he was there playing a little defense right near the Flaming Sea at center ice. Now 90 seconds to go in this regulation. As Chris Tanev going to skate this one down in his own end, picks it up in the far corner, sends it along to Coleman, cross ice right there. This one's going to be banked off of the penalty box boards. And I think an offside whistle has blown. So, John, a minute 23 to go. You got a shot of Markstrom, who's been excellent tonight. The Flames find a way to tie it. You called OT. What more are we going to see tonight? I, I'm no seer, my friend. I honestly don't even know what to tell you at this point for what we're going to see. I'm just ex excited with the theater. I'll just be completely honest. Yeah, you know what? Even though, hey, I'm, I'm the diehard Flames guy, this the fact that this has been so dramatic has made it uh, uh, even more worth it. Even if it were, you know, 5 nothing, the Flames are getting smoked, it would have been a fun night calling this game with you. But here we go, a minute 15 on the clock in the third, all knotted, three apiece. Picked up there by the Stars in their own end, and that one is taken by Johnston. Johnston, I've only said his name a couple times tonight, but he's out there right now. And the Flames are going to try to pick up at center ice. They do. Manjupani on his backhand floats this one and Wedgwood comes out and touches it down to the near corner. It's held right there inside a minute to go now. 
3-3 again, I'll keep saying it. Late goal by Uyghur from way out at the blue line gets this game knotted up, and I think we may have an icing here with 46.7 to go. Could be an offensive zone draw coming up for Calgary. Yes, we do, and I think, honestly, you're at this point, if you're Ryan Huska, I know you'll probably put them on an overtime line should we get there, but the Pospisil Zare Kadri line, we'll see if they'll match up against the Robertson-Pavelski uh, Hints line at some point. Yeah, that's a great observation as the puck has been dropped, now picked up. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. Here comes Dallas. It's Robo against Uyghur, two of the best players on each squad. And that's a great stick check by Uyghur. Gets it away from Jason Robertson. Now the puck on the flame stick. They have less than 30 to work with here. Here comes Majapani. He's in his favorite spot. Working up that left wing. Tries to send it in, chipped it to himself, but can't collect in the near corner. It is picked up by Calgary, bouncing in the offensive zone. And try to keep uh, the Flames trying to keep it in. That was Lindholm, but it bounces off of Dallas. And now in their own end is Calgary. Less than 10. 10 is going to take this behind Markstrom. Looks like, John, you were right, my friend. 2-1-0. Extra hockey coming up. Well, you know what? It would have been an injustice here, honestly, if Calgary didn't at least pick up a point in this game. I thought this has been one of their better games. Honestly, I think this has been one of the better regular season games I've seen so far this year. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, we have, uh, we've had the opportunity to call just a small handful so far in the season. I know we'll pick up uh, more and more as we get further into the year. But, man, oh, man, this has absolutely been a barn burner. Uh, the Flames looking good. I keep going with all the, the Flames puns. I don't mean to. <laughs> they, uh, they have really looked good tonight, and you're absolutely right. You said it. They, they definitely deserve at least one point here. And, man, oh, man, if they could get, uh, they could get that extra point, John. All of a sudden, like we said at the top of this game, they are even in the standings, excuse me, in their record. Yeah. And, uh, and for their mindset, I think that goes a long way as the uh, Calgary Flames try to push out of the cellar. Yeah, I think this team has shown a heck of a lot more battle than anything that we saw last year. I mean, we were bemoaning the fact that they would get down and they never had any comeback wins. Don't they already have about four of them this year? I think you're right. It's uh, I love Derek Wills, the broadcaster for the Flames on the Fan 960 in Calgary. Uh, he's their play-by-play -play man, and he, once upon a time he coined the phrase, the find-away Flames, and he yeah. has brought that back. Sometimes the Flames, they just find a way. Will they find a way to get the extra point tonight? Listen, I've taken some very exciting moments here on the play-by-play -play side. Do you feel like you want to jump in for a little OT time? I can jump in for the OT as long as I don't take it away from you, because if the Flames win, then I would take it away from you, but I can jump in. No, listen, I think it's only fair. Let's trade it off. Uh, I, I was going to joke if the Flames didn't score or have any big moments <laughs> that you stole it all tonight, but <laughs> I think we are dead even just like this game, my friend. So you jump in there, and uh, I'll knock on wood for you because you uh, you always get those goal calls, and we may have an exciting one coming up either way, or maybe we'll get a shootout. So here we go. It's John Ott on the play-by-play -play as I step back. So Sagan, DeShane, and Haskinen versus Backlund, Lindholm, and Anderson. It's five minutes sudden death. Who knows if it goes that long. Haskinen off the rush right down the middle, and this goes just behind the net. That almost ended the game in the first 10 seconds. And now Rasmus Anderson, he's got it. And they'll spin back around now as the Flames can take an extra breath. Again, they want to try to change these OTs maybe with the puck possession. I don't think the NHL should change anything. Let these guys take their time and do whatever they want. They got the puck. 
as this is picked up now for Elias Lindholm, but that's just me. So Lindholm has it now across the Flaming Sea. Sent it back here for Rasmus Anderson. He's been out there the whole time. Anderson now near the right side dot. Wouldn't it be fitting if it was another defenseman goal? As this is dropped for Nazem Kadri, And he'll send it all the way back here for Jacob. So number 91 has it now for the Flames. They're going to be going left to right in this OT. Kadri. I'll make a drop pass. And it goes in! The Flames score! <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. I cannot help but laugh. Unbelievable finish right there as Kadri drops it. And look, it wasn't a howitzer. It wasn't a laser. It wasn't a snipe. It was a bit of a trickler, my friend. But Calgary gets it done. I knocked on wood twice, and it led to two Flames goals. I might have to do that every time we work together, John. It's a 4-3 win for Calgary. I gotta tell you, Matt Cooper, it's always fun to do these broadcasts with you. I know you and I probably both live and die with the Flames. We've done so many. Kadri with a great skate in his own end. Again, it was kind of a flitter there, but he drove the net. He made the right play. And what did Kadri do, Cooper? He went right to the net to try to knock it away from Wedgwood. That's a perfect play for number 91. You love to see it. Yep, yep. It's, uh, that's a big, big moment for this team. Uh, their 10th win. Listen, they're, they're not world beaters yet. They don't win the Stanley Cup because of what they did tonight, but it goes a long way, I think, to, uh, to, to pushing them in the right direction. And, uh, boy, interesting. Jamie Ben having a quick final word there with one of the referees. Uh, and are some of the flames? Oh, John. Are we doing this again, my friend? We're doing it again. I, you know what? I could see it as we saw the replay on the Sportsnet side. I didn't want to even say it out loud. Boy, Ben, he's out there with the refs, and they are at the iPad at the scorer's bench. Vladar is still out there. It looks like Rizicka is still out there. The Flames are going to have to come out of the room because are they going to look for potentially goaltender interference here as the shot comes in from Huberto? It, the puck was in or near the glove of Wedgwood, yeah. and Kadri's stick, I believe, they've got tied up. Well, here's the call. So what are we going to get? I'll turn this up and see if we get something. The Zebras are here. We're waiting to see. They're going to challenge for goaltender interference. If the Flames got to do this again, I, I don't know. I think I might lose my voice. You might want to run to the dressing room and lock the door. <laughs> Man, oh man, it is, we, <laughs> we got the winning goal call, we got the commentary, we got this thing finished up. It does look like Kadri's stick shaft gets slightly tied up with Wedgwood's trapper. Is it going to be enough for goaltender interference? It looks like Wedgwood is trying to leverage down toward the puck, which is fluttering behind him. This could go either way, John. We're going to get the call right now. It looks, like, it looks like we're going to get it definitively here on the Sportsnet side. Admittedly, they were thinking for a kicking motion. I didn't see one. So what are we going to get, good news or bad news? No goaltender interference. Conjuring game winner in overtime. Flames take it. My goodness. Okay, now, <laughs> listen, I need a drink. This has been <laughs> a crazy hockey game. The one call goes against the Flames, the next call goes for them, and it happens to be the overtime game winner. So no interference, nothing done wrong by the Flames, and they get to walk back to the room victors tonight. What a contest, my friend. 
so thrilled that we got to do yes. basically an instant classic. And these two teams, they just do not disappoint. It was on a knife's edge all the way. Dallas giving up nothing until Uyghur puts one in from way out at the blue line. And uh, it looked, John, it looked like the Dallas had won the game eight seconds into overtime. One flutters past Markstrom's net. Yes. The Flames come right back. And they get the winner between Uberdo and Kadri. What a hockey game. Yeah, this really was an instant classic. And I'm definitely going to go ahead and quantify it as it when it gets uploaded. But I just got to be honest with you. Again, we're glad to be able to call the two points. We would call the game no matter the way it is, regardless of how many times we've done the Flames games. But at least I can say this now in a win. That Backlund call for a hand pass... I didn't see it. They must have definitely had some other camera work in Toronto that we didn't get openly, Cooper, because I don't even know how you could go against that. Yeah, you know, I only really have one word for that call. That's just yikes. I yeah. think that any, any decent hockey fan is thinking that. you know. And again, regardless of your fandom, of course I'm sure Stars fans were thrilled with the outcome. But you know what? If it comes down to that, you're calling that a hand pass? Yikes. That's But look... The hockey gods, they made things right right away. And they get, you know, just a little bit of a, a, a stroke of luck in a split second from Mackenzie Weger. Uh, again, a ton of goals by blue liners tonight. And then ultimately it takes uh, two of the top forwards on the Flames squad to finish things off. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a work of art, but John, it still gets the win. And the Flames, they walk away with the two points. Yeah, and honestly, before I let you go here, Cooper, I know I kind of touched on it before, and I know it isn't everything that you want in the standings yet, but the fight, the ability to kind of lead that game and also get, you know, some goals, some finishes. We didn't see a lot of that last year. We saw the Flames kind of push a little bit. They would have spits and starts where they would go ahead and take the pace of play, but they just didn't get the finishing. But then when they get into OT, it was already over at that point last year, but not this year. I really like the way the young players are playing with Pospisil, Zari, and Kadri on that side. Again, Craig Conroy said everything that he was going to do. I think Ryan Huska has done a good job. Who knows where the Calgary Flames are going to be as far as the playoff portion of the race. But as we said, in the Pacific, it's wide open right now. And if the Flames keep doing things that they've done over the last stretch of games, I like what I've seen, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I think you just put, it's not even a spin. I think you just put a great descriptor on what we've seen so far. Um, you know, this is a team that easily could have just let go. This team could have just said, you know what, it's not happening this year. Um, we, we got changes to our roster. We got a new GM. It just doesn't feel like we want it to feel, and we're not coming together. New captain, uh, you know what, now maybe he's not leading us the way we were hoping he would. You know what, the opposite has happened. The Flames have had to show grit. That's what you were just saying. I love the fact that they've been able to show grit, and you know, a team that's really fighting for it, that's how you get those bounces. It's not magic. I know we said hockey gods. It's not that. It's the fact that you are really putting your best foot forward, and sometimes it doesn't work out. You lose close games, or it just doesn't happen. You run into a brick wall with a goaltender. And Wedgwood, that's why I say that. He was very, very good tonight. Um, but Markstrom has looked a little bit like his old self. Uh, he's making huge saves, especially those two off of those beautiful backhand passes. Uh, by the stars in that third period and John here we go the flames are back at 500 and they're in the mix right near that wild card positioning 
and uh, at least we have something to talk about. It's not an afterthought, and they're not at the top of the standings, but they're right in the mix. Yeah, it's always good to see. It makes it fun. And again, my friend, I appreciate you jumping in and be able to cover this cast. It was probably one of the better ones of the year, so we definitely got that. And best of luck to you tomorrow. Let's go Huskies. Thank you. That means a lot. And uh, you know what? Even though no one's expecting the upset from the Hawkeyes, I will say it. Make it official. Go blue. Take care of business. You should be in the college football playoff. Of course, I believe that you will be. And hopefully, my friend, we'll both be there. And like you said, maybe we'll have to uh, jump onto the college football call because I don't know how I'll stay impartial for that one. Or you, my friend. <laughs> you I'm dang good at that, but that's, that would be the toughest test, I think, of, uh, of our lives, to, uh, at least in terms of calling sports contests. But um, all the best to you. Thank you for the, the well wishes. And you're right. Go dogs and go blue. All right. Hopefully, we get to catch up together soon. And uh, have a lot of fun with this. I've had a lot of fun working with you. I know Christmas is coming up soon, so hopefully we get a couple more broadcasts in before then. Yes, indeed. We'll be in touch uh, very soon, uh, probably as soon as tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll have some, uh, some happy messages back and forth after that Pac-12 championship. But, hey, great game tonight. It's, even though it's not the weekend yet, we're getting close, and this is a great way to start, uh, start off late in the week and December coming tomorrow. We'll have uh, many more fun nights ahead, my friend. Absolutely. Take care, Cooper. You too, pal. Talk to you soon.